Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes in adult language. For a full list of trigger and content warnings, please check our show notes before each episode. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. I'm Aaron A. Pabst, and I'm Agent Samuel. I'm Allegra, I'm Agent Tuck. I'm Amanda Dominic, and I'm Agent Boomer. I'm Caleb, and I'll be playing Agent Merritt. I'm Eli, and I'll be playing Agent Hyde. I'm Zakia, and I'll be playing Agent Warp. Well, we've made it to the end of Arc 2, and to be honest, it's been a marathon for us, editing and releasing these episodes. But getting to read your reactions to episode releases on Twitter and YouTube has been a genuine pleasure and makes the work all worth it. If you've enjoyed Doom to Repeat, consider checking out some of our other content, including our run of Ironsworn and Starforged by Sean Tompkin. Who can forget Ashoka, our D&D campaign? We've returned this year also with more Orpheus, run by our new official member of MDRP, Vince. There's Eli's Orbital Blues campaign, where we've split into two teams. And in the near future, Caleb will be acting as storyteller as he runs us through his Vampire the Masquerade campaign set in fabulous Las Vegas. Look for that in June of 2022. So Mayday's got a lot going on for you to look forward to this year. But I want to end by suggesting a few friends of Mayday that are also worth your attention. First, there's Carrie Smith who recently completed an amazing run of Deadlands with over 25 players, including our dear Caleb. You can find her game by YouTubing Carrie Smith Deadlands The Crossroads. Check it out. There's Tablecat Games, who recently released a jumpstart PDF for their synthwave-inspired, retro-futuristic, neo-noir action-adventure game called Street Wolves. We're planning to run the one-shot in the near future. How about Lex of Titanomachy RPG, creator of the Caltrop Core system? We've got a playlist of some games from their system that you can find on YouTube. Lex joins us as our game master in those episodes, so check it out. There's D&D Disaster Story, Nat 20 Productions, Everything's a Mimic, Cast Die Podcast, Reckless Attack, all fantastic actual play podcasts or streams. And finally, there's the Double DMs, Emil and Nils, and Navar Jackson of the Secret Nerd Podcast, two great TTRPG talk shows. So if you love tabletop content, all of these folks are too good to miss. Check them out in between binging our show. <laughs> now, let's begin. <clears throat> I joined the program, (laughs) hoping to get my ticket punched. And then they told me that it was just research, just books, just fucking books. How could anyone possibly fuck themselves up with books? Well, goddammit, if I didn't find a way. Here I am, dying by a thousand paper cuts. All these rituals, incantations, these shiny new toys of mine, one of them is eventually going to send me happily back into a place where I belong. Maybe not this one, but probably this one. I mean, 
for fuck's sake. It looks like the only one in the world who can put this bitch to bed is a slightly inebriated, washed up preacher who recently got banned from a strip club. Yeah. Yeah, I'm liking my odds. And God definitely has a sense of humor. Okay, moderately inebriated. And no, I'm not trying to blow my own horn here. I taught the closing of the breach to two people, Tuck and Warp. Tuck is barely clinging to life, and Warp is way too obsessed with that knife to even think about destroying it. I haven't quite figured out what's going on there, but I understand addiction well enough. Once you find that, that, that thing that works for you, it's damn near impossible to let that go. At least, um, at least I've never found a way. I, uh, I wish I didn't have to take that from her. You know, um, Tuck is lucky. Well, almost lucky. Good clean bullet, pierce, bleed, shock, die. Instant martyrdom. The dream. But no one wants to shoot a fucking priest. I don't know why I agreed to stay behind with Warp. I'm the one who said putting Marlene down was a priority fuck merit. Instead of sitting with my hands under my ass playing tutor of the arcane arts, I should have been charging into that goddamned house to hand Marlene her eviction notice. Maybe then, uh, maybe then Tuck wouldn't have one foot out the door. But now we've taken away all of the false gods' toys. And I doubt she's just going to let that shit go. The knife, her loyal right-wing goons, Merit. Yeah, wouldn't mind letting her keep that one. Hey, you do me a favor, I'll do you one. All right, yes, I'm a little jealous of Merit. Like, come on, talking down a cult dedicated to a false god, playing knight, clobbering people over the head with a Bible to tell them that they have no idea what's inside. That shit's my racket. For God's sake, my name is Samael. I'm the Archangel of Death. That snake in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, that was my work. I planted the fucking tree he slithered in. If anyone should get to go mano y mano with the snake demon from another dimension, it's fucking me. You know, uh, people sometimes mix me up with Satan. And Dr. Jones on a rant here, they're not wholly wrong. See, it's a virulently common misconception, but Satan, Lucifer, the devil, doesn't actually exist in Christianity. That guy with the hooves and the pointy horns, the devil's happily torturing souls for eternity amidst pools of lava. Nope, that's just fucking fan fiction. In reality, it's just me, the accuser, venom of God, head of Satan's, that's lowercase. See, Satan 
is a broad term used to describe an enemy of God. Satan is the evil right in front of you. So no, I am not Satan. Rather, I accuse things of being Satan. And I'm ready to go to court. I am the angel of death, the grim fucking reaper. When I say that something is dead, it fucking stays that way. And this Satan is toast. I know your name, lady. I know the words that brought you into the world, and I know the ones that'll take you out of it. Solomon ain't got shit on me. So try it. Go into that hospital. Throw Tuck out the window. Have a fucking parade. It won't change what I'm gonna do to you. I tried to show you kindness. I was the only one in this world who ever tried to help you. You've spat that in my face. And forgiveness? <laughs> forgiveness is my boss's job. And I'm afraid he's left me in charge today. Vade retro satana, bitch. It is Thursday, June 4th, around 7 p.m. Agents, at the beginning of this day, you convinced Emil Brown to check on the home that you knew Merritt was being held hostage at. That visit quickly escalated into a gunfight where Marlene got away and Tuck was shot in the chest. The police arrived in time to arrest those responsible, the Phenom Xers, but Tuck was rushed to the hospital. While planning how to get Marlene, you received a phone call from her informing you that she was already on her way to pay a visit to Tuck. So what are you doing? I'm gonna call Boomer. Hi, do you call Boomer and what do you say? I need you to listen to something really quickly. Marlene's on her way right fucking now and I need you to secure Tuck and I need you to get somewhere as safe as possible. We're on the way. Okay. Okay? I got, yes. Repeat what I, I just told you. I am to secure a tug. Secure tug and yourself. Yes. I'll secure tug because they're they're still out. They're, I'll secure Boomer. us, and Boomer. I'm just gonna hold bar. I'll barricade us. I'll barricade Tell us. Tell us where you are, what room you're in. We're on our way to get you. Understand? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sergio. Yes. Because we came in, did uh, did police follow us at all, or like, do we have police? I would say that there is probably a police presence, but at the moment they are not anywhere near the room. You'd have to go find them. Oh shit! I'm not leaving that room. Okay. Not even with like uh, with suspects on the loose that that tried to shoot at her. They wouldn't have like a like a guard posted or. I don't think they are filled in as well as everyone else is. They understand that this agent has been shot while attempting to 
speak to suspects. They don't know who these suspects are. No one has informed any of these officers. Um, I, I think it really, honestly, there's probably officers that are working at the hospital uh, more so than the officers that just kind of followed the ambulance to the hospital. I'm going to, if the, uh, any nurse nearby, because I still have my CDC stuff and whatnot, and because I have tux or cuff, I'm going to be like, if there's a nurse, will be like, ma'am, I need you to get me security or any available officer to this room ASAP. There ha- is a potential threat that I need you to become and get somebody. Thank you. What, what, gonna, what, what's going on? What's wrong? I, uh, hi, hi. Uh, possible COVID issue, and I'm going to show the CDC, put it in, put it out. Go get me someone in a uniform ASAP. Is that okay? Are you good? Make a persuade roll, please. Oh, God. Why am I always persuading? I need to be suave. <laughs> I never suave. I'm an asshole. I am 78. Okay. They begin telling you, well, if it's a COVID issue, that's something that we can look into. Let me get, let okay. me get some nurses okay. and we'll go no, no, take no, no. a look. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Did you not hear? I said someone's possibly threatening my officer who is down and there's COVID involved with that. I need you to get a, a person here now before that happens. Make it a, make an alertness roll. <laughs> oh, oh no, that boomer. Wait, wait, wait. Oh no, I, I, I have boomer. a 42 out of 20. You are arguing your best and this woman's actually kind of starting to get mad at you. She says, let, let me go see what the issue is. Let me follow you. And as you go, you turn and you see that standing in the room is a person that is covered in some kind of heavy clothing and with only one arm, they shut the door. Boomer, I'm gonna put my kids right away. I could just shove my arm in between the door. Um, you can attempt to make a dexterity roll. I will warn you that it will probably do damage to you as they are slamming it shut. I'm doing it. Okay, make a, make a dexterity times five roll. And if you succeed, you will stop the door from closing. 27, baby. Uh, it, it is only going to deal you one damage. She crushes the door on you, and you can, you know, you feel the impact. It hurts like somebody just punched you in the chest. However, the nurse that you were talking to screams at this violent act and starts running to grab the security. It is their turn, though, and I think that they are going to try to pull you in to the room. Oh, yeah. If you'd like, you're going to attempt to dodge this attack. I am not going to dodge. I, I will not. They succeed on their athletics roll to pull you in, and the door closes. And now we will cut away from you. The rest of you race to the hospital, and as you enter, the only person not being there is uh, Mallory. But when you enter the hospital, there is a buzz of people on the floor where Tuck is supposed to be. And when you get there, there are officers now blocking you from getting any further because there is a hostage situation of some kind. I, I think that me and Emil will flash our badges. Hopefully Emil following suit. FBI badge goes immediately up. They allow you through, and they fill you in on the situation. Uh, Listen, I need a portion of you to go around the hospital siding, and I need you to watch the window to the room we're about to go into. I I need you to watch for anyone who leaves from the windows. I know that it doesn't make much sense, but we believe that's how they got in in the first place. We believe that's how they'll get out. Do you understand? The floor is mostly cleared. There are officers kind of on the far ends of the hall, but at the moment it is your group and the door. Um, I'm gonna turn to Emil and I'm gonna say, uh, 
I need you to go to the security room, security footage room. I need you to make sure that if she appears on any camera, that's gone. All right, I, I'll, I'll, I'll work on the, on the surveillance footage. Just, if they've called the police, they're going to have the SWAT team here in maybe 10 minutes. So if you're going to do some kind of secret Asian shit, you've got moments before the big boys come in and then this becomes a full public thing. Thank you. Fuck, fuck, fuck! Okay. <laughs> Boomer? Boomer, Marlene whispers to you, careful what you say. Let them know you're alive. I'm alive. I'm not alone, though. Tell them to slide the knife under the door and you live. Where is Marlene in proximity to me? I'm going to say because of her extremely high athletics, she has you like in a chokehold, basically. And you feel that her hands are in a position that she could probably tear your throat at any moment. She wants the knife. Obviously. (laughs) But you don't make it out of here even with a knife. So, lose situation for you. I'm just saying what she's telling me, sliding through the door, and I'm trying to- Marlene? Yes? How are you doing? I'm on the verge of apotheosis. I'm wonderful. Feels nice. You're either going to do what I want or you're not. You know the consequences if you don't. Marlene, we got this knife right here for you. All you gotta do is put Boomer down and come and get it. It's all you gotta do, and it's yours. Make a persuade roll, uh, Sam. Come on, Sammy. <sighs> it's not my best, guys. Well, that's okay. You got God on your side. Yes. <laughs> the power of anime. <laughs> a 13. <laughs> You do not have to be dramatic right now, okay? (laughs) Oh my god. The door opens, and Boomer is standing about five feet away from the threshold of the door. When the door opens, she says, slide the blade across the floor, and I will throw her to you. Okay. Warp's going to put the blade down and kick it about 75% of the way. If you kick it only 75% of the way, Marlene is going to move forward with Boomer. It's going to be very hard to avoid her if you fire. I'm going to poise my handgun at her and hopefully hide helps. Yeah, can I hold my shotgun up? (laughs) Let's not be hasty. The moment that Marlene is close enough, staying behind Boomer, she's going to reach down and grab that blade. With that one arm? With the one arm. Ooh. Ooh. Go. Go. With before she touches it, can I summon the knife back to me? <gasps> Make a power roll, a power times five roll. Let's go, Warby. Got it. You got it. Okay, 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 okay. Oh shit! Oh, that fucking one arm. That okay. one. Power Way times five. Nice. Fuck yes. Okay, we're doing so good, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Fifteen, fifteen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> No one has ever suggested that this is possible with this weapon. However, you've seen the things that Samael does with the unnatural, and you open yourself up to the possibility it works. It flies back into your hand. Yes! I'm going to ask that you make a sanity test, though. Fair, fair, fair. That's fine. 
I, I fail. I fail by five oh. points. That's fine. You're going to lose one sanity. Not bad. Not bad. You realize that anything is possible with the unnatural, both good and bad, and it 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 just it brings you that much closer to becoming a little more unhinged. Let's go through the initiative. The highest initiative is both Marlene and H and Hyde. Let's have a luck roll to see who goes first. Fuck. Come on, Hyde. Come on, baby. Simping. I'm simping. Damn it. Always simp for that pilot. 26. 26 That is better than their 16 Fuck that they yeah. rolled. Fuck it. Oh. So you are going first. What are you doing? Um, so I'm like point blank range with Marlene, right? Technically. Both with Marlene and with Boomer. <laughs> she is right behind Boomer. Can I, instead of firing my weapon, can I crack her with my weapon just so I can put distance between Boomer and and uh, Marlene? All right, make that attack. Here we go again. Mm -hmm. That is melee, right? That is a success with a flat 50. Flat 50, go ahead and do your damage. Well, we'll, we'll say that it's just a straight D4. That's three points of damage. It's their turn. They're going to stumble backwards and attempt to escape by leaping out the window. They are going to attempt to make a, I want to say they have to make an unarmed combat to break the window. One armed combat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? To be fair, because they only have one arm, I'll say it's at minus 20%. They have a 75, minus 20 would make it 55, correct? They rolled a 60, so they failed. They run over to the glass and they start smashing it, but it is not smashed enough that they can easily get out. They are not able to escape. Uh, at the top, uh, the next in the initiative would be Boomer or Merit. Jump and dodge to the duck and into the corner of the damn thing, covering up. Dodge, dip, duck, and dive. You you drop to the ground, and then Merritt, it's your turn. What are you doing? Okay, I'm unloading my six hour on this bitch. All right, make your attack. Get her. Okay. Tuck's resting so peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> Just unconscious in the corner. I have a 53, which is a success. Okay, roll your damage. Okay. Eight points of damage. Whoa. You fire at her, her body seizes up, and it drops to the ground. I got a plan. I got an idea. I got an idea. What it, yeah, just say it. Elder sign. Wrap it up on her. All right, so what do you do? Put it on her neck. Tear it off of my neck. We'll put it around her. We'll put the elder sign around her neck. I don't know that it's going to work, but I that that's the best thing I've got. Her, her limbs. Uh, get rid of her limbs. Hide. Do you have a knife? Yeah. Yeah, I got a knife. I'll hold it up. It's a combat knife. I, I don't know if that'll kill her, but... If we can keep her contained, she can't move. She'll just be a body. She'll be crawling. We gotta, we gotta go. Cut the arm off. Uh, Do it. Shit. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go and start cutting the arm off. You put the body on the ground and you start kind of pulling up on the blade and cutting at the armpit and cutting up. We're, we're transporting this. Yeah. 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 Yes. We have to. We have to take an exit. They're not coming from then. We go down like the stairs or something like that. Boomer has to stay to be a witness. Done. Uh, Hyde will follow your lead. Get us out of here. I'm going to help lead this body out somewhere, out a back alley somewhere before the, the SWAT team shows up. Who's carrying her? Is it Hyde and Sam that's carrying her? I guess. Then I'm going to poise my gun against her head and walk, walk with them like that. I think when you begin pulling the body out, 
you see Emil running back with his gun ready, and he sees that you have the body, and he's like, oh my god. Emil, I need you to stay here. I need you to come up with something, anything for why this goes missing. Anything that will keep anyone from, from looking after this body. We have to go take care of it. You motherfuckers really owe me. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll settle scores later. Can you do it? Let's go. <laughs> Hi, give me a, a stealth roll. Oh, fuck. Let's go, Heidi. <laughs> uh, now it's a fable to 40. You are heading down the stairs and you do see a doctor who is coming up and sees you guys, sees the body, starts screaming and, you Obscure know, memory. You're going to cast Obscure Memory on him? Yes. Okay. Right now. And, and... What about the... It's just him, right? It's just him? Just the individual, yes. And what do you tell him that he saw? Um, he saw some orderlies taking a deceased patient to the morgue. You run past him, and he's kind of in a daze, and when you look up again, he kind of comes out of it and just keeps walking upstairs as if he saw something completely different. Oh my boy. boy. Let's go. Let's go, Harry. You kick the door open, and you are outside, and the police are there. I'm gonna need some kind of roll to get to the car. Fuck. You can, you can distract them somehow. You can try to stealth again. Don't make me stealth. I, I'm going to go uh, up to wherever the conglomeration of police are, and I'm going to say that I saw around the building and, and try and get them to escort with me the complete opposite way. Merit separates from you. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna uh, put it in the, the trunk, close the door, and I'm gonna look at Sam and I'm gonna be like, let's go. I can still see that they, they haven't left in the car yet, right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. I'm gonna continue trying to, you know, talk them away. Yeah, I think I can see that Merit is handling something, so I'm not gonna walk up to the crowd, but I'm like, split the difference. Let's go. Outside of town, I'll find an address. We'll send them the, we'll send them the spot. Warp, stay here. Okay. And fine, I'll I'll get in the car. You're gonna drive. I'm gonna drive. Good. And uh, Sergio, I'll uh, I'll make sure that I get in the the passenger seat, and I'm gonna put the seat forward as far as I possibly can, to the point where where Samuel's knees are pressed into his chest. Boomer, I will say that you are able to see what's happening down below. You see them put the body into the trunk, and you can see that Merritt is having a little bit of a hard time getting the attention of the police or keeping their attention at least. Listen, I, I swear they're- Bang! I'm gonna bang on the window. Bum, 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 Boom. See if anyone pays attention. Make a luck roll. Nice touch. Come on, boom. I love that. 63. Damn. All right. What happens is the glass shatters and falls out. And as Merritt is like trying to get them to stay still, there's this huge cacophony of shatter falling. Fortunately, none of the officers are struck by it, but they all kind of notice it and let's go, let's go. They start making their way into the hospital just as Samael and Hyde pull out and start driving away. Okay. I I'm going to make like I'm about to follow them through, but as soon as I get into the lobby, I'm going to turn around knowing that Warp's waiting on me back there. Yeah. What are you doing when you come up to each other? We need to catch up with uh, Sam and Hyde. Immediately. Okay. We need a car then. Didn't Boomer come in the ambulance? I'll make a call to Mallory. I'll, I'll see if there's anything nearby. Uh, meanwhile, see if... You know what? Never mind. Run up to a... Uh, come with me. And I think I'll run up to a mill uh, outside the... Wherever I can find them. Hopefully I can find them when they're not investigating Boomer's shit. Um, 
but I'm gonna go up to him and, and ask him. For, oh, this is gonna be a big ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna corner him if I can find him. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he is kind of running through uh, what has occurred here uh, with the other officers. They're already kind of investigating the floor, but you're you're able to uh, separate him away from them. Okay, cool. Listen, Emil, you have done so much for our investigation so far. And Just cut you, the bullshit, Bradham. What do you want? I need your car keys immediately. I need your cruiser keys. Uh, where are you going? Uh, I don't know yet. And that's the honest truth. Well, you said you were going to bring me in on this. So if you're going to do something, I want to see it. So I'm going to come with you. Okay. But you understand that if you come with us, there's no coming back, right? This ingrains you so much further into this situation than you understand. If I don't see something the way you're hyping this shit up, I'm looking forward to putting you in jail, okay? Let's drive. He goes with you, jumps in the cruiser, and you and Warp begin driving off. Boomer, I assume you're going to stay with Tuck. Oh, yeah. They have stabilized Tuck, but once the chaos of this hostage situation dies down, the doctors rush back in and they explain to you they need to perform surgery on Tuck right away. They've stabilized her, but she's not going to live if they don't do something. So they take her and they rush her into the ER. Um, I would also, because I don't um, think I would have this on my personal phone, I'm going to make sure to have Tuck's phone in my hand so I could have... Uh, uh, basically, so I can give them an update, uh, give their wife an update. So. Okay, let's cut back to the car with Hyde and Samael. Hyde, you are driving out of the city, I assume. Mm -hmm. What's the game plan? What do you guys discuss about how and where to perform this ritual? First, I'm going to have, I'm going to grab the shotgun that I have and I'm going to put it into Sam's lap and I'm going to hand him bullets and I'll be like, I need you to reload this for me while we're driving. I don't know how. Fuck. Can I, with one hand at least, oh, yeah, I'm going to just instruct him how to uh, open it and float it. A shotgun is not so difficult that you can't just kind of instruct it as you watch him do it, and okay. he's able to reload the shotgun. You know, I've never shot the gun in my life, right? It's not for you, Samel. It's for me, but I'd rather not waste the time trying to do that and drive. Got it. Are you okay? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, don't, uh, don't go too fast, okay? I'm going at the speed limit, Samuel. I have to maintain speed. I know how to drive. Trust me. Sorry, I'm just, um, do you know, do you know where we're going? You tell me, Samuel. We need to find somewhere remote, right? Um, you have to do this ritual. Hey, 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 I need you to just take a deep breath, okay? I don't need you over here panting behind my ear. It's annoying. Sorry, um, we need, like, a, a, a field or a... The, 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 where, where did you burn the car? Remember the Suburban? Yeah, I know where. Maybe, I mean, don't go to the same spot, but okay. same area. It's a little bit of a drive, so just take a deep breath. <sighs> I'm afraid we don't have that long. Oh, we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Um, Sergio, uh, I, as soon as we get, like, um, we agree on a location, um, it sounds like we're going to the general vicinity of where the Suburban was disposed of, just because in the heat of the moment, I don't think we have any other better location to head towards. Uh, I'm at least going to tell Merritt head at least in, the, in that general area. Okay. Even if I can't give them an, a, a pinpoint uh, address yet. Gotcha. I remember that being about an hour outside of Lansing, you go back to that general part of the state. It is full of many places. There are 
farms that seem wide open with big fields. There are large patches of forest. You kind of have your pick of the litter. It's about, you know, close to nine by the time you get there. And uh, it's pitch blackout. I have a... Uh, I'll, 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 I'll text Merritt and I'll um, tell him to pull up behind the car. And when he gets here and he pulls up behind to turn his brights on at the, at the, at the back of the car. Did you want something like swampy? Or did you want just something like open fields? And- I think open if we can find like a clearing okay. or a meadow. Yeah, I'll find like a nice open grass patch or something. I, I think that's easy enough to find. There is some off-road that seems to lead to nowhere that you follow it long enough and you're able to kind of pull off until you just you just don't even know where you are. You're just kind of in the middle of the woods. And around the time that you start to slow down, you can hear something is banging around in the trunk. We gotta hurry. We have to hurry. How long does that shit around her neck last? I, I don't even know if I don't even know if it does anything. You hear muffled but loud. She just starts screaming over and over again. I was going to see if on the drive over, if Emil has a shotgun in the cruiser. I don't know if that's uh, a port of Lansing's police department, but make a luck roll. Okay. Seems like you have some kind of a some kind of a weapon like that. A seventy-one. No shotgun. He he is a detective, and he does not have a shotgun with him. Right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. He's probably not in, even in a cruiser, huh? It's like a... Probably like an un, unmarked vehicle. Got it. Okay. But you're only a few minutes behind, and sure enough, you pull up. Uh, you've got this ping from Samael about where exactly they are. It's in the middle of nowhere, and I would assume Hyde and Samael are probably standing by the car as you can hear the muffled sound of something making noise within the trunk of the car. Are are we doing this in the trunk? Or are we taking her out? Can we do it just from the outside? I think my, my understanding is, is that she can still be in the trunk. I, I Sergio, do I know if... Samuel, you have no reason to believe that where she is right now is not the perfect position. Uh, the ritual only calls that the subject is close by. Okay, so I, I'm sorry, I'm a little... Are you okay? No, no. As far as I know, I think we're... I, I think we're okay. I think we can we can start. Warp, um, are, are, are you um, are you ready? Yeah. What do you What do you need? Samuel, do you have at least five willpower? I am one short. Okay. So you know that you will not be able to complete this ritual without someone else lending their willpower. I'm gonna need you, Warp. I have some to lend. So Warp, you are going to lose one permanent power. Not willpower, but power. So reduce it by one. And this counts as 10 willpower, which is more than enough to power the ritual. To activate it, it requires a D6 insanity loss, and you need to fail the sanity test. So I'm going to ask Samael, since you are beginning the ritual, that you make a sanity test. And this is a situation where you want to fail. Triple zero. All right, that is a failure. Please also roll a d6 as you begin enacting 
this ritual. Search, can we just say that we've positioned guns against the trunk just in case, like me and a mill? Sure, we'll say that you're all you're all standing around as Samael begins to kind of gesticulate and and and, and recite words that you've never heard of before. Samael, what did you get with your D6 roll? I got so nervous I dropped it. <laughs> one. If you like, you can project that, but you will lose one sanity over the course of this ritual. No, I will not protect that. As Samuel begins going through the motions, Marlene, the body in the car that is writhing and bumping and screaming, asking, begging to be released, suddenly stops moving, and there is silence. And the pressure in this forest seems to change, the barometric pressure. And there is this just strong gust of wind that begins blowing through the trees. 20 minutes in, and you swear you can see some kind of light emanating from inside of the trunk. It's faint, but it's there, and it's growing, and you all, one at a time, begin to acknowledge it. Sam? I imagine I'm not responsive to that. At this point, Sam is ill, is in a kind of, uh, like a fit. His eyes are rolled in the back of the head. He's constantly moving and reciting just over and over again the same words. The weather is becoming more intense. And Emil Brown is like, I, I, I don't like what's happening. I, I don't know, but you have to stay with us, Emil. You have to stay focused. Just train your gun and watch for anything. Just, just focus. Keep with it. 30 minutes. 40 minutes. It gets to the point where you think that a storm, some kind of uh, cyclone is going on. The light from inside the car is now blasting through all of the seams, and it feels as if the ground is shaking you have never experienced something like this before, but Samael, in an almost ecstatic state, continues until eventually he collapses to the ground and the wind stops and the light inside the vehicle fades and everything has returned to normal. First of all, everyone make a sanity test, please, uh, who witnessed this ritual, including our friend Emil. That is a fail with a 44. <laughs> it's a fail with a 43. <laughs> I succeed with a 36. All right, you critically failed, Hyde. You're going to lose two sanity. Anyone that failed, you're going to lose one. If you succeed, you lose uh, nothing. Hyde, check the trunk, uh, and then I'm going to run to to Sam's side. I'm going to try and flip him over. I'm going to try and get him moving again. Where's Where's the knife? Warp? Yeah. Isn't the last thing the knife? Don't we have to break that first? Well, um... No, not necessarily. Now that it's done, it it's it's done. We don't really actually... I believe that was the last part of it, or I was there with Sam and Tuck. But she's she's gone. Like, the way that they that they explained it, she, she's she's gone. We're, we, we're done. I can't open this trunk without certainty. I wasn't really filled in on the ritual. I'm still unclear of whether that knife is actually needed. I'm caught between the two. It's not. It's, it's not needed. We're... That was just warp. Come on. Warp is Hyde telling the truth? It's it's an option of the ritual, but it is not required. We just want her gone and she's gone. Look, is she gone or not? Let's open the trunk and see. No. Hold on, Emil. She's gone. Not yet. Gaze. Look at me. Tell me the truth. The ritual removed her from this plane or whatever. And the knife is just an afterthought. A, a, a note to 
potentially make sure it doesn't happen again, but that's only until someone summons her again. There's, it's- Brown reaches out to uh, Hyde and says, give me the keys. I want, I want to see if this thing's dead. Would you get the fuck back, Emil, please? Hey, listen to me. It's, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in the middle of all of this, okay? You should all be in fucking jail for what I think you're all suspected of, okay? Give me the fucking keys. I want to see what's going on with this you thing. You saw it too. You saw it was real. Just give us a second. Hyde, are you yourself? You tell me. Are you yourself? Are you you? I'm... Yeah, me. No, that's Hyde. I'm... We're... We're fine. Everything is fine. You can... Emil Brown pulls out his gun and says, I'm not asking anymore. Let me see the body. Let him see. I look at Warp. I look at Hyde. I start moving towards the trunk. Warp? Last chance. Are you telling the truth or not? I'm telling the truth. We don't need to destroy the knife. We already... She's already gone. Destroying the knife, it doesn't mean that she'll never come back. We don't know if there's another Bowman to bring her back. It's just something we can do. But we don't have to. I can still keep it, and it it could be fine. We could could call it a win. We could call it a win. Warp. Can I try and human intelligence this? With an 80 in your human intelligence, I I don't think it takes much to, to realize that Warp is clearly clinging to this thing. Uh, wants it and doesn't feel comfortable destroying it. Warp, give it over. It's done. Please, I don't... It's it's the only thing that works. Warp, please. I have no reason to ask you this, but I really, really, right here, right now, I need you to trust me. And I know that you're scared, but we're going to keep you safe with or without this knife. Okay? Are you? Because... I only know that from... Merit, make a uh, dodge roll. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I have a 30, so I fail. Um, Emil succeeds in his dexterity grab at the keys. He grabs the keys from you. He goes to the trunk, puts them in, and opens the trunk. Emil, get back! And he's staring at the body. And he says... Fuck, this looks terrible. He reaches in, lifts it up, and as you step closer kind of instinctually, you can see the body of Erica Young, any color out of its face, out of its skin, her eyes cold and gray and lifeless. She does not move. She does not come to life. He checks her pulse. He says, this woman's dead. Great. So we did it. That's it. Warp. We have been through so much in this place, and if we leave and this thing comes back because you kept a knife? Warp, uh, says Emil. Is this evidence of some kind that should be kept around? Um, it's not necessarily relevant to this case, no. It's just something I'd like to keep. Look, as far as I see it, this is so fucked, this entire situation. I I think you guys just need to get the hell out of town. Uh, uh, in the morning, I'll go and pull the warrant, but to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm going to be the last person that comes after you. They're going to be asking about this, about this hostage situation you were in. And what are you going to say? I'll tell them I barely know you. I, I barely interacted with you. I'll tell them what I can to throw it off, but I can't protect you from everyone. That's enough. But we can't leave until that knife. It's a part of this. So we'll get out of town, we'll leave, but Warp, I don't want to take it from you, but I will. I have only wanted good for you. You know that, and I have proven that. And that knife belongs with her. With it. 
The thing that wanted to lock me in a septic tank. Not with you. Anyone but someone like you. Let's just get out of here first. If that's okay. Well, if you have to destroy this thing, you're not going to destroy it out here. I mean, we're going to have to take it somewhere... I don't know, a, a, a drill or a fucking lake of lava or something. I mean, you can't destroy a knife just by throwing it in the trash or snapping it in half. We need to get rid of this body first before we even think about moving, so... Let's move the body. Are we burying it or putting it in water? Can we burn it? I suppose we could. I think that is doable, if that's what you want to set out to do. Yeah, I'm going to burn it. Okay, right where you're at, you'll just start setting it on fire? Yeah. How remote of an area is this? It's it's pretty damn remote. You don't know where a lot of these kind of trail roads lead, but you haven't been bothered by anybody. Is there a lot of brush or forest around this? Is this going to start a wildfire? Yes, it's it's very foresty. Yeah, there's a lot of underbrush, I would assume. In Michigan, though, so it's probably fairly damp, wet. Yeah. Does the car look like like bloody, like she's been... Like going at it in the back? Yeah, th- there is quite a bit of viscera, I would say, in the trunk. So maybe the car goes too? Yeah, I, I want to torch the car with her in it. I don't want to move this body. I don't want to touch it. All right. Uh, I think just like last time, you can figure out how to set the vehicle on fire. Last time, Oak said that they tracked the VIN code numbers off of the machine parts. I don't know how you feel about filing those down before it goes, but who knows? There's the most obvious one, which is probably in the front windshield. One of you make a, uh, I think it's like a mechanics roll. I have a mechanic. I have a mechanics roll. I think that's fair. You can go ahead and do that. Ah, fuck. 66. You don't find any other iterations of the VIN number, but you do get rid of the one that is most obvious. Yeah. Um, I'll stuff like a shirt or a rag into the, the gas uh, tank. I'll take Sam's lighter out since he doesn't need it right now, and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start torching the car. In the very similar fashion to what you did the last time, you go through the steps and the car does catch on fire. You all pile into Emil Brown's vehicle, and I will say that on the drive out of the forest, Samael, you come to consciousness. What? 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 I Sam. What? Is it... Where, where... We got... We... She's gone. We think. The... The... The, the, the knife. The... Where, where's the knife? Uh... That's gonna take a little bit more time. Is, um... Is everybody, uh... Okay? Yes. Are you okay? I'll be okay when that knife's gone. Emil had a... A moment before Jesus, but outside of that... Look, I needed to see it for myself. I saw it for myself. You fucking people. The shit you deal with. God damn. Where do you guys want me to drop you off? Oh, Mallory. Mallory's back at the plane. Oh, Mallory. Airport? Airport. Oh, Boomer. <laughs> we have to get Max. We have to get Tuck. I don't know if we're going to be able to get Tuck. Well, we should head We should head back to Mallory and call Boomer. And then... We'll get to Mallory. I mean, um, and listen, I mean, Mallory, I'm sure, is capable of getting herself out of here. Honestly, I think I'm with Sam. I'd rather have as many of us together as possible. I... I don't know. There's something in my heart every time one of you isn't in the car. There's so much at stake now. 
Yeah, I guess circle back to the hospital then. How long has it been since we started the ritual at like nine? Yeah, I think maybe three hours at the most will have passed if you just head right back to the hospital. Do we have any texts from Max on how everything went? I, I think that you would have gotten a text, Merit, from Mallory asking if it was done. Um, I'm going to respond, uh, first part of ritual done, still need to take care of knife. Um, talk in person about uh, handling. There's an incinerator in the hospital. Oh, very good. You get a text from Boomer with an update saying that Tuck is stable, currently unconscious. A successful operation was performed and removed half her lung. Ooh. Tuck is, Haley's alive. Uh, she's good, she's stable. She's down a lung, but she'll be okay. Better one than none. We're not gonna get like arrested on site or anything if we go back. Emil kind of sighs and says, I can distract the police that are there if you want to get to the incinerator. I don't want to give this thing to Mallory. I think that's best, actually. I agree. Good. Okay, go team. Back to the hospital. Take the long drive back to the hospital, and you arrive in the parking lot. There does appear to be a small police presence, uh, but the hospital seems back and active. Emil steps out first and says, I'll go uh, talk to the chief and keep him distracted. Uh, You guys just keep your heads down as you go in. Let's do this fast. Um, I am going to make sure the walk behind warp. Okay. Let's do a group stealth check. <laughs> and there, I just need I just need more successes than failures. Oh, well, that's all you need. <laughs> we definitely oh, do that. And and I will give you all plus twenty percent because Emil oh, is distracting you. You sweet boy. Oh, if you if any if anyone catches us, I can uh, do something about that. But I will pass out again. <laughs> <laughs> you charmer, you. I succeed with a nine. I, uh, I succeed with a nineteen. I fail with an eighty-nine. Fail with a seventy-four. <laughs> oh, that's an even split. Um, you go in and for the moment, you believe that no one is really paying attention to you. How do you find the incinerator? I assume it's in the basement. You just head for the basement. I mean, it's got to be near the morgue, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the same floor. So we'll we'll, we'll start at the morgue and, and start looking from there. Okay. The morgue is on the lower level, which you descend into. Uh, Samuel, eventually you see the room where there is an incinerator. Uh, however, there is a employee in there preparing a body. Well, um, I think I'm going to distance. I'm, I'm going to tell them for um, I think that maybe this should be as little of us as possible in that room. Dispatch them however you need, Samuel. Uh, I'm going to go text Max and see if we can meet up somewhere. Oh, I'm uh, I'm responsible for dispatching people now. Okay. Go go talk to him, Sam. Get him out of the room. <sighs> Sergio, uh, I am not fucking around at this point. I am going straight to obscure memory to convince this guy that um, he is on his break. Okay, so d- describe to me what it looks like. You, I assume you walk into the room. I walk into the room, I grab him by the shoulder, and I just kind of pull him back so he can see me, and by whispering into his ear, I cast Obscure Memory. Gotcha. And you tell him that he is on his break. Yes. And by doing so, you will have how much willpower left? One. 
You do so and you collapse to the ground. I'm going to say that you take a point of damage as your head smashes to the ground. But as if in a kind of daze, this, this I assume a, a nurse or something of some kind just is like, oh, I need a cigarette and starts making their way out the door past the other agents. And I really hope somebody followed me. Well, as that person walks out, I'll, I'll walk in, see Sam on the floor. Yeah. Goddamn. All right, Warp, we don't have to- much time. Just pop the pop the knife in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna, I would like to try to, um... Warp, please put the knife in the incinerator and let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's leave fucking Lansing. I don't think I have much of a choice. Okay. She's gonna put it under the person and then put the whole person so it doesn't look like they just put a knife in there. It's not fun doing this, but you have full autonomy and control over yourself as you do it, but you can't help feel that sting of resentment as the other agents who are able to defend themselves so easily cast your ability to defend yourself into the fire. The body goes in and you close the incinerator and it begins to burn up. How long are you guys going to stay down here in the incinerator? I think I just stare for a while. Um, but at a certain point, like, yeah, I just turn and, and walk out. Once that fire's starting to go, you know, I'm going to try and wake up Sam and get going. <laughs> we we got to get Boomer and go. Sam, make a con times five roll. It's done. Uh, 14. You wake up, you are exhausted. You have a minus 20% to all rolls. Yeah, that tracks. Is there an alternate exit we can go out that doesn't include us going back to the main lobby? Probably. I'd, I'd like to take a back route. I don't trust going back up to the lobby. I'm going to call Boomer right now. Uh, Boomer? Hello? Yeah. There, there was a car out in the parking lot. Uh, we're we're going to leave. Do you mind coming with us? We're going to go meet up with Malin. Uh, and we're just going to leave. Talk? Uh. Well, we're coming back for sure. There's no way we're abandoning a big discussion we have to make, uh, or at least we have to debrief out of here. And if we stay in Lansing any longer, I don't think any of us are going to stay outside the jail cell for very long. Uh, uh, I'll go, but I'll be honest, I think I'm just going to come back afterwards, but I'll go. I'll, I'll come down. Just what car, what color, what is it? What am I, where am I, pick, where are you picking me up? Um, it's a, <laughs> a plain detective's a vehicle, I guess. I, I describe a mule to car. Okay. Yeah. I um, just in case though, because I still uh, I still have um, Tuck's phone. I'm gonna go ahead and type a message in the notes and then leave the phone there because I already texted uh, their wife, so that, uh, hopefully they're already on their way. But I want to, if just in case, like the notes app, I'm gonna text like, "Hey, boomer, at this time we're gonna take off. I'll update you." soon and hopefully that like when they wake up if they open their phone that's the first thing that pops up so i'm going to do that really quick put the phone under their hand and then i'm just going to go ahead and exit as you are exiting the building uh the three of you hide warp and merit and semiel the four of you the entire building just has a shutter just kind of has this soft tremor and then it stops and now she's gone for good. Can't believe we did it. Let's think about this later. 
you get in and you head to the airport. You arrive at the airport where the Challenger 605 is, uh, but no sign of Mallory. Shit. Oh, I should have stayed at the hospital. Merit? Uh, I'm going to make a call. (laughs) You make a call and she picks up and she says, Agent Merit, good news? Case Handler Mallory, we have uh, exceptional news. Uh, Both uh, parts of the ritual are complete. We managed to use the incinerator on campus at the hospital. Thank God. We are at the airport. uh, If you wanted to debrief in person. Let's save it for another day, Merritt. I I took the first plane out. Already? To be honest, the situation has gotten out of hand there. I think it was best that I distance myself. Is something wrong on your end? Well, I ignored directives that were given to me by the program to allow you to destroy this entity. So, yes, let's just say I'm stepping away from the situation for a little bit. I'll be in contact when I am ready. Well, listen, I appreciate what you did. I know that I know what it is to say no to them. I'm just glad to have you back, Merritt. Listen, you're not going to hear from me for a while. There's a chance the next few months are going to be difficult for you. Get the other agents out of Lansing, and then focus on taking care of yourself, okay? What about Tuck? You you can't assist there? Tuck is on their own for now. Let's hope for the best that they recover. In Perennial, we're supposed to go on without you? We'll discuss that in time, Merritt. I have to go. Okay. She hangs up. Oh. I don't even know how to explain this. We're we're on our own. She's leaving us. Uh, well, that sounds about right. You can do that? You could just walk away this whole time? We need to go. She didn't even say anything about Tuck. What do we do about Tuck? Did we call her wife? Is she on her way? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, the doctors would have explained that they are probably going to airlift her back to her home in Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Okay, so at least... I will be sure to relay that, so then there is no point to be going back because they're going to transfer her. So we're, where does that leave us? Uh, vacation? Well, we have two options. Well, maybe just one option. Um, we either split and let all of this blow over, or we proceed to our original destination, which was California. Just so I'm aware, Case Handler Mallory is not in charge of us anymore, so therefore we don't have a superior. She's in charge of us. She's laying low and acting like we went against directive to cover herself, I think. Then if the boss is on break, we should too. Because remember, when things go south, we usually call Mallory. And if they're not picking up the phone, we're up the creek. Merritt, you're still healing. Uh, Sam looks like he's about to pass out, and Warp looks like someone did something very traumatic to them. <laughs> so I think we should all maybe like take a massage break, a month, two, until they call us back, and then we resume our duties. Look, we have a plane. I have a rendezvous point of where I was supposed to try to intercept Coral Nomad. Maybe we can plane there and split. I think we just need to, we need to get out of the town. Yeah. Yeah. Where is this rendezvous point? Ohio Air Force Base. And what about a mill? What about a mill? I look at a mill. Yeah, what about me? Sure is a damn shame I didn't meet your case handler. She kind of sucked. Don't worry about it. Doesn't mean you won't meet somebody. These people are going to be watching you, Emil. 
whether you like it or not, you're most likely already a recruit. They'll come knocking. Let them come knocking. Uh, if this shit's for real, then we need all the hands we can get, right? Funny. If it's any consolation, I'm, I'm sorry about uh, Agent Moore. Can you do me a favor and keep special eye on them? Yeah, sure. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to put my number into his, like, any updates, call me, text me ASAP. All right, well, good luck, all of you. Thank you. Thanks. He gets in his cruiser and he drives away. <sighs> Onward. Yeah. I'll repair up the pain and get us uh, out. I'll see if I can... What would be the best way to... Would it be? Should I text Doc? Should I call Doc? I find that a call always sounds better when you're guilty. Uh, human emotion, the inflection on the other end, tends to inspire empathy. Yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll call Doc. You call and they pick up and they say... What is it, Kona? Uh, we were not able to recover this asset. It was terminated. We're trying to get out of town, so I'm going to the rendezvous point in Ohio. Is that okay? Okay by me. There's no one there to meet you, but uh, you do what you want to do, clearly. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, understood. Kona, I can't... I don't know what's going to come of this. You went against a direct order. I'll watch your back, but you should have just called me. I did what I could possibly do to get it contained, and it was impossible. I did what I could. It's not me that you have to explain it to. Good luck. Yeah, I'll hang up. Knowing that you can fly there, is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Uh, I'll ask. We're not going to... There's no one who's going to intercept us there in Ohio. So I don't know. We need to pick that location, and we, that's where we all depart, or... I think let's get there and we'll figure the rest out from there. Step step one is the get out of town. Okay. Yeah, we'll head to that Ohio location. Oh wait, it's an Air Force base, right? Yes. Then no, I will I will pick a Harrisburg International Airport. Yeah, I'll pick a airport. I'll pick an Air Force base outside of that area, but in Ohio. You do so, and it is a not a terribly long flight, forty five minutes to an hour all in total. And you are all just kind of exhausted and wiped from this chaotic series of days. You, you, you make your way to the airport, and you know at this point you could all split off and go in different directions. I guess we'll talk when, uh, when we talk. I don't see why we can't. Well, we, as far as they know, we're just taking time to recover because... Let's be honest, I can't believe we survived that stuff. And in the meantime, we can actually reconvene and talk about how we feel about um, proceeding with the program. I actually think I have something you guys might be interested in. What the fuck does that even mean, Boomer? Exactly. Uh, I have uh, USB drives that have information from Charlie and the head of everybody talking back and forth. I think we can actually all reconvene and actually look into that. Why do you think this is relevant? You're, like, 
I know we haven't had a chance to address this, Boomer, but what the fuck is your deal? And here it goes. Or puts her backpack down. <laughs> no, dead serious. We need to, this program is not what they seem. So let's go ahead and just know our options. Are you fucking kidding me? The best option for this group is not to shake a boat that we're already sinking on. I hear you, Boomer, but I also hear Hyde. This is a situation where we can't even prove who this person is on the other side sharing USBs. And the closest we have to a conversation between you and the DO is a command screen on a laptop. I know that we don't like the program, but I also know that I don't trust anyone outside of this small circle, and I only do that half the time. There is so much we don't know, and the one person who usually tells us that we need to stick together is currently passed out somewhere, and this is a decision we can't make without them. I was so angry with you before because I didn't see how you could think about leaving when we were thinking about living. And I feel like you're doing that to us now. We need to think about living right now before we take any chance on another one of these black-suited fucks telling us what to do. Fine. I should have probably picked a better time to bring this up. I was trying to keep so everyone's informed and up-to-date so we don't get all that. The fact that you don't understand how problematic this is is beyond me, Boomer, but I don't give a fuck. As long as you keep what you have to your fucking self. What? Okay, so you, do you, so you don't want to know that. Okay. I don't want you to know until it's time for us to reconvene. I don't want you sharing anything until it's time for us to gather. Understand? Don't share it with nobody. And, and, and please, if you're going to meet with someone like this, if you're going to make any moves that concern all of us, please tell us this time. That's all that I ask. That's fine. But I'm just finding it a little hypocritical with everyone in this group. That we all don't have lies. Hey, don't give a fuck what you think at this point. Hey, 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 hey. I, no, I've, I've, I've had enough. I've heard enough of this shit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to sit here and let you guys duke it out insofar as that's what that's what needs to happen. But this is just stupid. I mean, come on. What did we just do? What did we just do? And you want to fight right now? No. Go home. Take a nap. We'll talk about this later. God, with you people. And so with... Uh... A lot of pomp and circumstance uh, fizzling out into some kind of awkward end. You all say your goodbyes, your half-hearted goodbyes, and you go on your way. You return home. On the next day, you notice that there is, in fact, a lunar eclipse on the 5th. Beautiful. <laughs> Make sure I flip off the lunar eclipse the entire oh time. Gosh. <laughs> In yes. the backyard, Liz is watching you like, what's <laughs> happening? Usually we love the moon. <laughs> Fuck the moon. <laughs> you all, all my homies hate the moon. Hate the moon. <laughs> you all acknowledge the eclipse and it. you acknowledge it because it means that you did something good. You got rid of Marlene. For that reason, all of you may roll a D8, oh. um, including Tuck. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And you will regain that much sanity. Sick! A D8? D8. Okay. I, I think that in the group chat, Merritt sends a picture of the eclipse. <laughs> he's, he's one of those fuckers. He, he, he posts the picture and then right under he types, thinking of all of you. <laughs> I like a shitty phone picture. It just looks like a flashlight in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Merit, uh, uh, Boomer's going to send back a selfie 
with the middle finger <laughs> that says thinking of Marlene. <laughs> you all return to your normal lives. Or are these really your cover lives, your cover stories for what you actually do? You return nevertheless, and after a period of weeks, you are all surprised to not hear from the program at all. Maybe you reach out to each other, certainly to check in on Tuck, but the program does not. For some of you, like Boomer, this probably feels like great news and is you, you, you wonder, maybe this is finally it. For folks like Merritt and Hyde, you wish that the program were perhaps a little more available for some of the issues you have to deal with in the coming months. The world around you continues. Protests break out across America against police violence and murder. The country continues to grow ever divided, and you are all coming to terms with the fact that coronavirus is not going anywhere. Still, you have your little corner of the world. You have your little piece of sanity. In the news, you all see the Phenomenexers that held Agent Merritt hostage taken to jail. They are held. They were found carrying the weapons of Kona Morales and Orson Bradham, and they were questioned about their link to the Messick case, which they vehemently denied. Local officials did subpoena Orson and Kona, to testify against the Phenomenexers. Hyde and Merritt, do you throw these people under the bus? 1,000%. Without hesitation. <laughs> because the both of you are working to push the scales of justice in one direction, I'm gonna make a luck roll and add plus 40% to it. This, this luck roll will determine whether these folks go to jail or not. Please go to jail. Uh, that is a failure on their part. So they are going to jail. See, this is how you know this is an altered reality. <laughs> <laughs> However, the footage of Erica Young strangling the janitor of the Sparrow Hospital remains circulating on the internet, as none of you did a sufficient job to get rid of it. It has its 15 minutes of fame amongst the conspiracy community. Some people think that the Phenomenexers maybe staged it, uh, but... There are so many questions surrounding the issues or the events that occurred in Lansing. Erica Young's body has yet to be found, and the footage remains a mystery. The conspiratorial community, however, continues to grow in size and passion, and you can see the ripple effects of the Phenomenexers, many of them becoming martyrs in the eyes of some of these people. We'll say about three months pass, and in that time, all of the agents can pursue two or can attempt two personal pursuits. Because of this experience, I'm going to ask that every agent that does not have a bond with any of the other agents, please make a sanity test. This includes Tuck. If you succeed, you are going to increase your bond with any of the current agents you have by a D4, but you must subtract a non-Delta Green bond by one. Um... So I broke my bond with Pops doing this. <gasps> because your bond score has been reduced to zero, uh, Hyde, please make a sanity roll. That's a success with a 30. Okay, you are not going to lose any sanity, but we'll discuss kind of the, the details of this when we get to you. Let's go to Tuck. 
Agent Tuck, you wake up in a hospital. Your body is full of tubes, including your mouth and nose, and it hurts all over. What do you do? Uh, I think the minute she wakes up and is any kind of restrained, it's just like a, like a, like all of the adrenaline that was kind of left from the last fight surges back through her and she's just like <laughs> fighting to get anything off her and to get any, cause it, it like the fear of it, it, nothing feels safe. So she's just trying to like rip things out of her arms, pull things out of her mouth, like get out. Rushing into the room is a nurse and Ruhi. They join you by your side and they calm you down. They reassure you that you're all right. You can't speak because of the tubes, but you're updated on the situation. You were shot in Michigan. You had a surgery, a pneumonectomy a few hours later, but they had to remove half of your left lung. In the morning, you were airlifted to Washington, D.C., where they've been treating you since. You've been unconscious for over 48 hours and you have no idea what happened to perennial and Marlene. I'm going to ask that you make a sanity test. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. Alright, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Woo! Okay, that's uh, 26. Hey. <gasps> wow. <laughs> You're only going to lose one sanity. The success does put a point towards helplessness, though. Okay. As it is very uncomfortable to not know and the physical situation you're in is very uncomfortable. Eventually, once you're stable and conscious long enough, they take out the intubation, they take out anything that is uncomfortable, that doesn't allow you to breathe, they still have you on a respirator. Once you're able to kind of speak and remain conscious, what do you do? As soon, as soon as like my wife's out of the room for any amount of time, I call probably Boomer. I think that you would need to ask Ruhi for your cell phone. Oh, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll say that you are given it, and there is a point where Ruhi, who is exhausted and has bags under her eyes from the... Yeah, I definitely like, convince her to go home and, like, get out of the hospital. I don't think she goes home, but she does step out for a minute to get something to eat, and in that time, you're able to make a call, and you learn that the others are okay, that the ritual was performed and that Marlene was banished. You don't stay on too long with Boomer, but there's more good news, which is that the doctors come and speak with you, and with time and physical therapy, they believe you can make at least a recovery. You won't necessarily have the lung capacity that you once did, but you can live a normal life. <laughs> but that's four months down the road, and after a few days, you are released from the hospital, and Ruhi takes over caring for you. At the end of June, it's June 22nd, which is the anniversary of the disappearance of your sister. Do you do anything? Oh, man. I think... I think Tuck does what she usually does, which is kind of like lock herself in a room and just like go over all of the events of what happened. Think, like, try and, you know, just go, like, she's gone over it for the last, how, 20, 20 plus years, 23 years or something like that. And it's just, like, every time she takes the same path, she goes on the same hike with her family, she goes in the tent with her sister, and then all of the, the weird, confusing shit that happened, hearing her sister screaming and crying, and then 
I, I think it's just like a full reliving of the day and then not like kind of just going catatonic for the day. Ruhi leaves you alone. But after that day, and once you seem to be a little bit stronger, she starts asking you questions. She starts asking you if the injury that you sustained was received while you were performing for that program. What do you tell her? Um, one of our agents got taken um, <clears throat> uh, by some conspiracy theorists. Um, we were trying to get him. We were trying to get him out of there. It was Orson. They took Orson. I know what happened, Haley. I want to know if this was... If this was being a part of that... That conspiracy. I'm going to ask Agent Tuck that you make a sanity test. 40 flat. That's a success. Ruhi is upset, but you're alive. And thank God she's the kind of person that prefers to look on the bright side of things. She's the best. Your bond does not deteriorate with her. Because as on a failure, it would have had to. The FBI eventually contact you and they question you. They seem mostly interested in building a case against Orson. They find your presence in Lansing questionable, but it was Merritt who fumbled the ball. What do you say to them? What do you tell them? I, I think she tries to play up like in this, like in every other instance, she's trying to like cover all of her fear and like pain and struggle with bravado and like, okay, I can handle this. This is totally fine. But as soon as they start trying to like pin things on him, she plays up the 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 pain and the the feebleness that she's trying to kind of cover up. Agent Bradham behaved admirably. He he was he was taken by conspiracy theorists. He I, I don't I don't know why you're asking me to to talk against him. He he saved my life multiple times. This is I'm sorry, what's happening? I, I, I don't really understand. Why are, you, why are you asking us? They are quite sympathetic with you. And they kind of get a cursory understanding of your involvement, of what, what happened in Lansing, but they don't push too hard. I definitely like pull, like I pull, I pull Merritt into a hero light as much as I can. The FBI grants you an extended leave of absence with pay in the hopes that they can reassess you once you're back at full strength. They insinuate that you probably will not be on the field any longer. Yeah. The next three or so months, you are able to do as you please. The program does not contact you. With so much time, what do you do with it? Oh, man. Um, I think she's super devoted to physical therapy, to trying to, like, just, like, push through, get stronger as fast as she can. Um, eventually I think she tries to go to a, like when she's strong enough, I think she tries to go to a gun range and just see like how she handles that. So are you trying to improve a skill or stat? That, that's, that's the kind of the question I'm leaning towards too. Is like, I know we knocked my constitution down, but if I do physical therapy and like work on it, is there a way I can push my stamina back or my constitution back up? It, it does say by training or stu studying extensively, your agent can try to boost a skill or a stat. Then you will attempt a test of that stat times five. Okay. 
So you would be making a, a con times five roll as it currently stands. Mm -hmm. If you fail, it will increase by one. Yeah, I think that's what I do. I think at least part of this is spent just like doing physical therapy, like through Zoom, obviously, and like whatever I can do in our jujitsu room that's turned into a... Like uh -huh. a Gotta bring jujitsu room back. That's, that's been turned into like a... Like a, a lung room? A, lo a lung rehabilitation room. So go ahead and please make a, a constitution times five roll. Uh, fucking hell, I rolled a three. Mm. Okay. That is a success, which means yes. you are not able to increase the stat. Yeah. Um, it's arduous and painful. I mean, you're still recovering from bullet wounds, never mind the missing lung. Yeah. And you are able to make progress. You're now walking with a cane. You're able to kind of get across the room without falling unconscious from lack of being able to breathe. You're, you are healing. But you're permanently injured. And it's something that someone like you, who is used to being quite powerful and virile, is having a hard time adjusting to it. You, ha you do have one more personal pursuit. I think I think I want to go to therapy. Is that what I want to do? Yeah, I because because we we talked about I I have my sleep disorder that was after Meadowbrook has kicked back in, so that's fun. Um, and then we also talked about me potentially having a second one because of this, right? Um, I, I, you haven't reached your breaking point, so let's not say that you have gotten any um, new disorders. It only makes sense when you hit a breaking point. Cool. So awesome. at the moment. If you're going to therapy, it's because you just need somebody to talk to. Oh, well then, do I want to do that? I should probably do that. That's probably the best idea. I'm afraid I'm afraid to do fulfill responsibility because if I fuck it up, I don't want to ruin my relationship with my wife. So are you going to therapy? Oh yeah, I'll go to therapy. You, you already have a therapist. Yeah, I've knocked their, my bond with them down quite a bit. <laughs> How was that represented uh, in that bond deterioration with your therapist? I mean, you haven't contacted him and or them in quite a while, so they're probably quite upset about that. Yeah, they, I've I've really definitely just dropped off the map when we went when we went back to uh, back to work. So I think there's a little bit of like that stilted, you know, when you're like working with someone and then you just kind of ghost them and then you're like, "Fuck, I need to talk to this person again." And you're like, "Hey." Go ahead and make a charisma times five roll okay, to see if you can that. win them back. Oh, now I fail with an 85. There <laughs> it is. There we go. Your therapist takes you in, but they are upset with you. And they say, look, you need to tell me what is going on because I can tell that you have been keeping things from me. I can't really work with you if you're not going to tell, if you're not going to be upfront with me about things. Oh, God. You can continue to lie to them or you can tell them the truth. I'm gonna continue to lie to them. I've already broken my my sacred oath of secret times once this this season, not twice. <laughs> You're gonna make a luck roll, please. Cool. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Who wants to Who wants to play? You? Yeah. You. Fucking eighty nine. Oh. I want. Oh. But I wanted to fail. All right. Okay. I understand. Things are okay. You go to the therapist again and he demands answers and you start kind of beating around the bush enough to get him to listen and talk but by the end of the first session he says until you're willing to tell me the truth I just don't think I can do any good for you and he asks you to leave 
you are going to lose one sanity over this. Oh, cool. I, I think I think Tuck gets off the Zoom call with with their therapist and just rants to Rue. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Some therapist. I realize I can't tell them everything, but God, they could. <sighs> Regardless um, of success or failure, you do need to reduce one of your non-Delta Green bonds by one. Great, I'll reduce the therapist. <laughs> Makes sense. Hell yeah, fuck that asshole. Agent Tuck will come back to you in a moment. Let's uh, go to Merritt. Oh shit. <laughs> Agent Merritt, unfortunately, your time after Lansing has not been positive. Mm. Though Emil Brown has voluntarily retracted the warrant the next day, other detectives pick up where he left off, and the state of Michigan wants answers. And the FBI is kind of forced to act. First, we need to address the fact that you filled out a missing weapons report that was falsified to seem as if it had been submitted a few months prior. I need to ask you to make a bureaucracy roll to see how successful you were at this. Come on, Merritt. Okay. <laughs> uh, a 78, I fail. Here's what happens. The FBI holds a kind of tribunal to discuss all of these matters. They point out the fact that this submission of a missing weapon was clearly not in their records before a certain date. And they hold it against you. And while they are sympathetic about your abduction and the subsequent torture by the Phenomenexers, they cannot ignore the gross negligence on your part by having your weapon stolen by these people and you later apprehended by them. And now on top of it, this lying when it comes to your missing weapon report. The picture they paint is embarrassing and highly questions your skill as an agent. I'm gonna ask that you make a charisma times five roll to determine whether they fire you. Okay. Oh, fucking shit. A 99. Oh! Wow, no. my God. God Against a 75, I roll a 99. You know it's about when Sergio puts his face in his hands. Yeah. Had you rolled anything other than a critical failure, I would have asked for a persuade or bureaucracy to see if they could swing a suspension. But it is a critical failure. Yeah. The FBI are just kind of baffled at the strange events, your involvement, and the embarrassment that your inclusion in this situation brings to the FBI. Unfortunately, they ask you to step away and to leave your badge. I'm going to ask that you make a sanity check as you are fired from the FBI. A uh, 47 is just over my new 46. The good times roll. You are going to lose one point of sanity, unless you'd like to project it. No, I'll just fuck it. You know what? I'll project it, because this makes sense. I'll give it to Alice, my former FBI ac Academy instructor. Roll a d4, and that is how much you can reduce it by. Three. There's another problem. I need you to make a Charisma times 5 roll for each bond, including Delta Green. On a success, you lose nothing. On a failure, you're going to lose a D4 from each of those bonds. <laughs> oh, shit. When you reach Alice, you're going to be at a minus 20 because they are a colleague of yours. So r read them out to me one at a time. Okay, this is Miranda, uh, my partner's wife. And your girlfriend. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, a 53 is a success. Okay, you lose nothing. Uh, Alice Sawyer, my old academy instructor. You will be at a minus 20 for this. That is a failure with a 95. Okay, roll a d4. Two more. She's at an eight. Uh, my incarcerated brother, Alvin. Uh, that is a 79. Also fail. That's four full points. He's down to an eight. Uh, warp. <laughs> Me and Warp are fine. 73 under 75. Tight. All right. Me and Tuck. Me and Tuck are fine at a 13. <gasps> Hide. <laughs> Me and Hyde are fine at a 62. Oh, no. <laughs> Sam. Me and Sam are fine at an 18. Let it be Boomer. Let it be Boomer. <laughs> oh, oh no. you're right. I forgot oh, about Boomer. No. Not bad. No, please don't do that. Tw 21. We're okay. okay. Oh, my <laughs> you succeeded on every Delta. That's hilarious. Five successes. Incredible. And, you know, it's it's kind of thematic. Um, I, I would imagine that um, everyone that knows you as a colleague is is um, quite embarrassed and, and and maybe Alice reaches out, but it's it's going to be awkward and you find yourself quite alone. I was thinking maybe Alice could have been on the tribunal as well. Yeah, I think um, that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. What do you do in um, your time in between uh, being investigated and uh, living? So I think that first pursuit uh, is therapy. I think it starts out as couples therapy between myself and Miranda. Um, it's something that I talked about a lot before working and everything. And after coming home and losing my job and everything, Miranda was the one that brought it up because of course he's not going to make that first move after everything he knows. Um, and so I think we go to couples ther therapy at first and then maybe singular therapy after some of the things that are said. <laughs> uh, go ahead and make a luck roll. Okay. Uh, I have a 44. That's a success. You're going to roll a d4, and that is how much sanity will be returned to you. Uh, two sanity. So so what is the, the process like? Uh, obviously, it's fruitful, but what, what kind of regains some of that sanity for you? I think the couples therapy doesn't really work. I think that there's a lot of discussion between me and Miranda at the couch, but it's very clear almost after two sessions that the issue is not really with the relationship, although that's probably shouldn't be happening anyways. It has way more to do with Merritt losing his position. And so the therapist puts forward that maybe I should see someone personally, and Miranda basically makes it an ultimatum. Um, I think I go, and I do absolutely everything I can to weave my way around what actually happened. And I focus on what I can talk about, which he has a fair amount, the kidnapping. Uh, he talks about Marlene in a context that doesn't betray what she was and being locked in that closet. And it does seem to have some benefit. It does seem to help you a little bit. What is the next personal pursuit you want to engage in? Oh, man. Okay, so the next personal pursuit uh, is that I wanted to uh, take some time learning that elder sign. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's study the unnatural or staying on the case. I don't know where you'd put that, but I wanted that to be a sort of personal pursuit. Uh, I, I think the closest for me felt like 
study the unnatural. I think that makes sense. Studying the unnatural makes sense. Um, I think with merit, it comes a certain amount of research as well. Like if he's making the sign, he's also going to look into what it means and try and find everything. He can. I think it would require kind of communicating with Samael. I think that's really good. Yeah. Having a discourse, you both live in New York, so that's possible. I'm going to say that whatever the D4 role is, you can add it to your unnatural skill, and we will say that you learn how to perform the Elder Sign. However, that does come with some sanity loss. Uh, it's uh, a D4 of sanity. All right. So you'll roll a D4, and that is how much you'll add to your unnatural. You're going to learn the Elder Sign and then roll another D4, and that is how much you're going to subtract from your sanity. Okay, so one D4 for the bond, one for the unnatural, one for the sanity. Uh, yes, but the unnatural should be the exact same as... As the bond. Yes. Okay, cool. Got you. So only two. Okay. Um, I get one in the unnatural and one away from the bond. So I will take one off of Miranda and one into unnatural. And then for the elder sign... I lose another one point of sanity. Agent Merritt, you are contacted by Mallory, Ugh. and she wants to meet with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm totally going to meet up with her. You meet up somewhere nearby in New York. When you meet her, she is no longer wearing a wig. She has very short, one or two inch hair. It's mostly brown, but a lot of gray. And she kind of puts her hands up in surprise, like, oh, yeah, new haircut. You look great, Case Handler. Uh, I think it suits you. Uh, I like when uh, people show their gray. Uh, I think it suits them better. You're a gentleman, Merritt. I appreciate it. Well, I have to be something. First of all, sorry to hear that you got fired. It's understandable. It's part of the job, I'm told. The good news is you're not in jail. And you still have a job with us. I guess that makes me a company man, then. <laughs> we all eventually become one, Merritt. Right. And the sooner we all realize it, the better off we'll be. Does this mean that we're going back to work? We'll get to that. I wanted to get to the first thing. At the start of the whole thing in Lansing, you stormed out of the office while I was trying to get uh, some information on the phone. You were upset about something. What happened? Oh, I... There's so much that's happened from this moment. From then till now, I, I can't even explain the lifetimes I've been through. But, okay, if we're going to have this discussion, I need to know that I can trust you. Merritt, of course you can trust me. Perennial is important to me, not in the project, in the profession. I was chosen to protect these people. I understand that the cases come first, and I understand that the information we bring back is ultimately the product, but... First and foremost, you hired me for them, and I need to know that you feel the same way. Gotta be honest with you, Merritt. When I signed you the role of Mole, a perennial, it wasn't because I wanted to be bartering information with you, but I understand what you're saying. And yes, Merritt, you can trust me. I got the sense that there was something amiss, that there was uh, something amongst the group that I needed to know about. There is. There is. And what is it? I need something from you first. Two things, actually. This is a big ask, because what I'm going to give to you is even bigger. All right, Merritt. I'll start. What do you want to know? Who do I work for? Really, truthfully, who do I work for? 
I don't even know where to begin to answer that question. You do realize that I'm not even entirely sure who I work for. I can tell you what I think we work for. Tell me what you, the person on the other end, the person without the wig, the person without the designation, the person without the agent in front of it, tell me what you think. Look, I was recruited in the early 2000s, like I said, in, uh, around Katrina. What I know is, is that in the 2000s, there was two organizations. One that called itself Delta Green, but was a illegal operation. It was not being funded or recognized by the government, but apparently it did. It had these ties with ONI. It goes all the way back to the early 20s. The other group was something called Majestic 12. It was some kind of steering committee that started in the 50s with Roswell. They found alien technology and they used government resources to study and understand what they had. I don't know how much progress they made because I wasn't on that side. And then in 2002, there was a some kind of war between them. And I think, I think Majestic lost because the person that was leading it from our side, they they got rid of the steering committee. They got rid of all of the heads of Majestic. They indoctrinated it. They they assimilated it into into what the program is now. There are still people that were a part of Majestic, that were part of March, the front company, but they're all working together now. And that's that's why I stayed with it. That's why I I didn't go into the dark. I knew that I could do more. I knew that I would have more resources with the program. If you're asking me who we work for, we work for a, a mix, a conglomeration, and, and, and an inseparable mesh between what was Majestic and what was Delta Green. It's That's... the same thing. One funds the other. And this other group, they're what? Pretenders? <sighs> they're former agents, most of them. Uh, usually the old guys who just refused to come in from the cold. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like the bureaucracy. For whatever reason, they chose to not come back. Maybe they didn't like our ties to March. Either way, I think they're fools. But they still operate. We know that. Why are you asking this? Is that something that was brought up in the meeting? There's one more thing. And then I'll tell you. Oaks has been giving me jobs. I think you knew that, yes? No. Really? What sort of jobs? I've been hunting... I've been killing. I need to know something about the job that she sent me on. This is my first time hearing about it. What do you, what are you trying to find out? She sent me to kill a kid. And she told me that they were something else, but she wouldn't say what. And when I asked, you know her. I need to know what I did. Merritt, I'm so sorry. I, I, I've never heard of this. I, did, did it have a name? Did it have a designation? A, 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 an operation? Operation Somersault? I've, I've never heard of it, but I, I can look into it for you. Uh, oh my God! I, I had no idea, Merritt. I, I would have, I would have tried to stop it if I knew. Those are the things that this program are capable of, and I'm learning that quickly, and every single time that I learn this, I understand that I'm just embedding myself deeper in something that is going to turn and shoot me the second I turn to run. I know this is probably a bad time to bring this up, but you you, you mentioned about perennial. 
I've been reassigned. The agents of Perennial, they're going to have their cooldown period. And then I have a theory that they're just going to disperse you amongst other working groups. Perennial's over. Maybe if we hadn't bungled this thing with Marlene so much, I, I don't know. Oh, don't, don't give me that. What? Bungled? You were there, Mallory. You were there. That was bungled to you? That's what this place does. You can say all you like about what went down there, but we finished it, and you can call me a mole, but it better be for you and not for them, because I'm getting tired of this. I'm so tired of them telling me that I fucked up when all I did was try to do the right thing. So don't stand across that table and tell me that it was our fault. They did everything they could, and we still lost. We won, and we still lost. That's the only reason I'm having this meeting with you, because I think that you know that, and you were there, and you understand the same that we do. So call me a mole, but I'm your mole. I'm not theirs. I'm done with it. You can say what you want, Merrick, but you're not done with it. You're never done with it. I was going to offer you, if you were interested, a position in whatever working group I take over, but I get the feeling you won't be interested. Mallory, why did you say no? They came to you. They spoke with you. You saw what happened to Constance, to your friend, to your partner, to someone you worked with. So your perennial, your tuck, your anybody, your Sam. How did you say no? After what they did to you. I don't blame myself. I don't blame you. It just, it just didn't work out. Mallory, we're done. She walks away from you. While you are contemplating what you're going to do next, you get a phone call from Oaks. <sighs> As if it couldn't get worse. Alone. <laughs> it's another job, this time in Oklahoma. Do you take it? I want to talk first. What do you want to talk about? You owe me. <sighs> this is part of the job. I mean, what do, you, what do I owe you? You people have taken everything from me. You took my job. You took everything. I did that job just before Marlene, just before everything. And what have I got from it besides radio silence? And now you call me up and you want me to work again? Where were you during the tribunal? I mean, what do you want us to do? You're hot. We have to wait until, you, you know, whatever is happening with you is resolved. Which sounds like it's good. I mean, you're not in jail. You're just fired. Absolutely. I'm just fired. And now you call me up and it's it's not at all about who I am. It's about what I can do for you. Hey, let's not beat around the bush here, kid. You, you, this was never a friendship. You're doing a job. A job that we have to do. I want my favor. I earned it. You said you'd look out for me. What's your favor? We learned about a company a while back during the Bowman case in the cabin. We ended up looking into it. Ansel Incorporated, what do you know about it? Sounds familiar. It sounds like it's one of the, you know, smaller companies that we sell shit out of uh, through March. Well, they have something, and I think they know how to use it. And what is it? It's a, it's a skin grafting gun. It's some sort of medical anomaly that they created. It hasn't passed any sort of stages or anything like that. But knowing you people, that's just a lie you tell to people. To get them to understand nothing that you and I would get at any level. But if they can do something, I want them to do something. It's. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I want you to look at offering it to Tuck. I suppose I could ask to put her on the clinical trials. I think they're scheduled in a, in a few weeks.
Good. 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 Let's do that then. I do this for you. You help me? What, you want more from me? This isn't over, Merit. There's a select few group of people that can do the thing that I need you to do. There's a select few group of people who will pull the trigger, you mean? And if I don't go? What do you think is going to happen? Where is it? She gives you the information. Do you go? Yeah. Make a sanity test as you, again, enact violence. I fail. 90. Roll a d4. Three. Tuck, you are going to rehabilitation one day and you go to the doctor, check up, see how you're doing. And the doctor mentions that he was made aware of a clinical trial that is occurring that requires a small surgery in your case at least, but there is some experimental medicine, a kind of skin grafting process that could potentially heal your lung and restore it. Maybe not 100%, but the findings are quite impressive. And um, the doctor says, unless you don't want to participate, it's something that might really have good benefits. um, do Do you know what making like i'm yes obviously yes but who's who's behind who's what company is making this i I, i've never heard of anything like this this is amazing he doesn't know himself but one day when you're home after the, the the discussion and you're thinking about it and certainly ruhi's excited about it you are informed that there is a company called ansel incorporated did we in game come to the the like realization that March and Ansel like are funnels of each other. I, th- I think very much so. Yeah, it, it, it immediately you recognize the name. Uh, you even recognize the. I mean, you had the discussion regarding the skin grafting technology. Uh, then I probably call Hyde. Pip. <laughs> and what do you say to Hyde? Hello. Hi. Um. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I got shot in the chest. How do you think I'm doing? I guess. Better than you'd expect, actually. Um, actually, I, I called... How are you doing? You know what? Let's find out how Hyde is doing. Oh, Hyde... No! Hyde, you... brilliant, Serge. You experience somewhat of a similar situation to Orson. Uh, the army is not pleased to hear that one of your weapons was uh, found with uh, a radical. I need you to make a charisma times five roll. Oh, that's my oh, no. worst skill. <laughs> Dumpster. <laughs> Bye, hi. Let's go hide. Come on, baby. Uh, no disarmable discharge. That's a fail with an 83. Okay, I will ask you, you can either make a, make a persuade or bureaucracy roll to see if you can get suspended as opposed to fire. I have more chances with bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If that doesn't say much. Oh, shit. No, I, I succeed with a 23 out of wow. 30. Hey. hey. Besides your gun, there's not too much else that is really linking you to this story. It is strange, nonetheless, that you were involved and the army is upset and they do suspend you without pay. 
but you are not fired. Go ahead and make a sanity test, though, for this suspension, as it's clearly going to have ramifications in your life. That is a fail with a 60. Okay, you're going to lose one sanity. With all of that in mind, you can continue the conversation with Tuck. Oh, I'm hanging in there, Tuck. That's good. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I have a question. Or, how do you, uh, you... You trust Doc, right? I know this is kind of a point of contention with us, but... I trust Doc to an extent, because Doc was in charge of just the security that I had at the program. Do you trust the work Doc does? Part of me wants to believe that Doc does the best she can, given the circumstances of what we do, but it doesn't change what Doc is willing to do to get answers. Hmm. They have a skin graft thing that the doctors think might um, help with my lung, and I asked who made it, and it's Ansel, and I... <laughs> I'm really not sure how I feel about it, and I don't know how I can say no without explaining all of everything to my wife, and I don't know how I can say yes and live with myself morally, and I guess I just wanted some insight from your end. It kind of depends, Tuck. Do you think you're still valuable to the program? Right now? think you're still valuable or if they're trying to make you more valuable I would trust it I don't know how much I can protect you guys right now and that scares me then maybe you should pursue it if you think that's the way to make it possible I don't think we can really protect ourselves from the program no matter how hard you try you don't think she'd insert like insert a detonation chip if I Went against what she wanted? Maybe, but did you really have a choice either way? Yeah. Thanks. Um, I appreciate you talking to me about this. Do you need anything? I don't think you have anything that could help me at this point, Tuck. I mean, ear that knows what we deal with. If that's anything valuable. Just let me know how it goes. Okay, I will. So, Tuck, what do you decide to do? I take the trial. You go in for the trial. This feels bad. Okay. And you are always with the doctors and at a hospital. They explain the procedure. It's a small surgery where they will put and use this this kind of grafting machinery. They put you under, and when you wake up back in the hospital, they explain that the surgery was a success. That against all odds, they can see that your lung is growing. That it is healing itself. A kind of miracle in medicine. I'm going to ask that you roll a d6. Come on, big six, big six. Big six, big six. Six, six, six. Two. Not even close. Your constitution score increases by two. Every day that passes, you feel a little bit stronger and a little bit better. 
and even a couple of new even a couple of uh medicine magazines come and interview you and it's really quite cutting edge but there's always that part of you in the back of your head thinking what's the cost got one more hit point was it worth it we'll find out hide let's stick with you now you've been suspended but not fired your connection with your father has been reduced to zero what happens when you come back home um I want to say that my dad found my letters that I write to Liam, um, and the most recent letter includes that one line that I mentioned to Marlene about what happens in the desert. So he's, like, I'm not at, he's at, like, my house, because, like, I've been waiting about this suspension for a minute, and then I went there, but then while he was waiting, he stumbled on my little stash box and started reading those letters, and that's it, because he's been wondering for a while about what happened. Yeah, so I imagine there's a pretty big fight where he is demanding answers. Yep. And do you give him answers? I don't give him answers that he wants. And, and I think that he is furious with you and, and probably leaves um, yeah. saying he doesn't want to see you. Shitty. It's pretty terrible. But the months pass and you are not contacted by Coral Nomad or Thornbill or anyone at the program. What personal pursuits do you pursue? <laughs> Fuck. Um, well, that's the thing. I did want to try to do jobs for the Coral Nomad and try to rebuild my rapport with that. I didn't know if that was a possibility. Well, do do you contact anyone? Yeah, I would try to contact Thornbill after a couple of months of not hearing anything. Thornbill would answer, and Thornbill would explain that... They would be willing to take you back in, but you can't work while you're suspended from the army. So take the time. When the suspension is over, you can come back. In the meantime, you should get some help. I heard about what happened. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You sure, Doc. I'll do that. Do you go to therapy, Agent Hyde? Yes. Yes, I will go to therapy. You recall Agent Mallory's extension of goodwill to help you to find a therapist. Do you reach out to Mallory? Yes, I will reach out to Mallory. Mallory does answer. She gets right to the point when you bring up therapy. She gives you a name, a number, and you begin having sessions online with a therapist. This therapist explains to you that they were recommended to you by Agent Mallory because they're in on it. They understand that you participate in things that are not safe for the public to hear. They ask that you don't go into excruciating detail, but you be honest about the mission, and they start working with you. Because this is a therapist that is a part of the program, I'm not going to make you decide whether you liked them or not. You can tell them the truth or not. Either way, you will need to make a luck roll. Uh, that's 50 on the nose. So you are going to regain a D4 insanity. And we will say that this therapist gets right to the heart of it and starts dealing with this disorder you have. You don't cure it, but 
this agent, or this uh, this therapist does help you, does help you manage this kind of losing yourself. Let's decide right now what is kind of the the thing that triggers this disorder the most. I feel like if someone is lying to me that puts us in danger, including the team, then that would definitely be one of the major stressors. So in the future, when you find yourself in a situation where you are potentially questioning the validity of those around you, I will ask you for a sanity check and Seeks might come out to play again. That is one personal pursuit of yours. You do have one more. Sure, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to go back, try to get back into the program and their, their good graces by just doing mundane work for them or something along that line. Yeah, I think I think that's actually a, a, a something that can totally be done. I mean, we'll say that the suspension do, it lasts long enough that most of the home scene, you're just kind of at home you know, dealing with the fact that your father's not speaking to you anymore, but they do eventually call you back for some more mundane stuff, kind of just flying helicopters back and forth. This reduces a bond by one as you let other responsibilities lapse, so which which bond drops? Uh, that would be Micah. The handler secretly rolls criminology or occult for your agent. I'm gonna roll a criminology. What is your criminology? Uh, <laughs> uh, a ten. <laughs> a ten. It's only been a couple of weeks you're back to work, but it is painfully obvious that everyone is avoiding you like the plague. When you fly, when possible, you fly alone. When you are in the hangar with the others, they are cordial, but they are short with you. You don't know if you're really making much progress into getting back into the good graces of others. The son of a bitch about it is that you really have nowhere else to go, and so you continue to work. However, you can roll a d6, a four. Okay, you're gonna minus three. Uh, you will gain one sanity. So I, I would imagine the the return to work is, you know, bringing some bit of just, just a basic schedule in my life. Right, right. Warp. Yeah. You return home, and one day while you're working, you completely forgot about the fact that you sent an email out to somebody like weeks and months ago, and you get a response from Dr. Deep. I'm going to show you what the email says. If you could do me a favor and read aloud what Dr. Deep has emailed you back with. Ooh, okay. Uh, so it says the, the sigil you displayed is known to in the English translation of the Unausprechlichen Kulten, titled Nameless Cults, as the Adverterus, Adverterus Glyph. Its purpose is unknown, even to the author. It has been found in use outside of this text by three separate academic field researchers. It was cataloged by Nazi researchers in Tibet in 1939. They called it the Glyph de Hingabe, or the Glyph of Devotion. Their records and researches on the glyph have been lost. In 1981, a copy of it was found in the notes of a failed expedition to Fanga, province in Thailand. The lead archaeologist, Dr. Elias... Ooh, these names, Serge. Yeah, I know, right? Yogren. <laughs> Yogren. Okay, cool. Uh, Elias Yogren destroyed his notes and evidence before his disappearance, but his aide, Trina Alves, said that his hypothesis was that Averturus was a symbol used by an insular cult to keep outsiders away. The cult, which Yorin called the Children of the Worm, funded their operation by trafficking drugs like opium. It was photographed in a 
pre-Shahid dig site in Afghanistan in 2009. Most of the site has been picked over by tomb robbers, but the glyph was left untouched. The researcher, Dr. Caitlin Baum, found evidence of mass opium production. This email address will remain active for eight more hours for clarification questions, but do not attempt to contact me here after that. I have reason to believe that there is a major espionage agency aware of these researchers and that they pose a significant threat to those of us who pursue such lore. <laughs> Signed D.D. So what do you do with this information, Warp? Fuck. She's gonna... She was gonna go to therapy. <laughs> Not so much anymore. I think she's gonna um, spend one of her uh, activities on like either staying on the case or studying the unnatural. She's gonna just shift all of her time to this. Okay, if you stay on the case, I'll say that on a success, you grow closer to the case. Maybe you even get in contact with the the lead uh, detective who was kind of pursuing the uh, the group of individuals who were on Galworthy Farms. If you study the unnatural, I'll give you a little more information about the children of the worm. Um, unnatural. Okay. Worm kids. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. Warp, one of the words that made warp was worm. Mmm, that's good. You're going to roll a d4, and you will lose that much sanity, but you'll gain that much in the unnatural. Okay. I got a three. You're going to gain that much in your unnatural skill. You're going to lose that much sanity. Okay. And then I need you to roll a d4, and that's how much you will lose from one of your bonds. That's fine. Three. Uh, the therapist. We're all jettisoning our therapist, except for high. Yeah, things are pretty bad with your therapist anyway. I accused her of being undead. <laughs> True. So, Warp, this is what happens. You have a name, The Children of the Worm. You have a book, Nameless Cults. You start looking these books up. You start looking these names up. Your information leads you to the Miskatonic University archives. There are resources online, but visiting the university is also an option. Whichever one you do, you learn that the Children of the Worm is extremely esoteric, but there are other names. You see things like the Disciples of the Worm, and these cults, all of them cults, trace back to places like Thailand and Singapore and Burma and all of these East Asian countries, there is a reoccurring theme with these children of the worm. They claim to have some kind of access to immortality. But as you begin to study them, you find certain names and these certain names start showing up in crime reports. Things like trafficking, drug trafficking, and really any kind of trafficking, you start noticing that people that are involved with this supposed group tend to lean towards um, criminal acts of transporting drugs or producing drugs, usually opium. All of this is kind of you drawing the parallels from many articles and many stories and many FBI reports, etc. But the symbol is also a reoccurring, the glyph is also a reoccurring mention, and you now know that there is some kind of connection between this cult and what is happening at Galworthy Farms. Mm -hmm. You did use one of your personal pursuits. What's the next one? Warp is going to 
start taking self-defense classes. Mm. Uh, but she's going to Im- almost immediately after putting that together within the next day, she's like at um, like a camping store and just starts texting Hyde pictures of knives. <laughs> like, is this a good one? Is this a good one? Is this a good one? I found this. Is this also good? After like the fourth text message photo of a knife, I'll probably call warp. Yeah, like what what time are you doing this, dude? First thing in the morning, as soon as they open. I'm curious to know which one. I know that there are people that work at the store that can help, but I I it's not just for fishing, you know? Like I feel like you have that extra knowledge for what I need in this moment. Also, are you okay? I'm tired. It's like five in the morning here, Tuck. I mean, or fuck. There you go. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you need this knife for? Are you okay? Why are you looking for a knife? I lost one recently. Everything's okay, Warp. Right? Has the program contacted you? No. Everything's fine. I know it's five in the morning, and we can talk later, but I'm just... No, uh, no, uh, or just say it. You can say it now if you want. You're you're already on the phone with me. We're okay. Like, I I don't... I don't hate you or anything. As At least on my end, we're fine. I just wanted you to know that. Thank you. I... I am sorry for what happened. And I just, I, I don't want to hurt you. I, I just want you to know that. I know that. I do have a question, though. Okay. Why did you want my laptop? Or why did Seeks want my laptop? Boomer's server is very extensive with what it can find. And there's something on there that I just wanted to look for, I guess trying to figure it out, sort it out. I've been talking, I don't know. I've been talking to somebody about it. It sounds like you need a researcher. I had a brother or who used to work for Delta Green. I see. Where is he now? I wish I knew that answer. I wish I knew. It's the answer that I've been asking. It's the answer my dad wants to know. And I just can't ever tell him. Hmm. Well, can you tell me? Another day, Ward. Um, not, uh, not over the phone. I think we've seen enough of the bad side of anything as possible. I'm going to try to help you work on the good side. Okay. If you're looking for a knife to protect yourself, try to find at least something that's as long as your palm. In the state of California, you can't own a knife bigger than your the width of your palm. Huh. <laughs> Try to find something serrated on one end and smooth on the other. And take some lessons if you can. I don't know how to help you until we ever see each other again. But just, I don't want to hear you knifed yourself. <laughs> again. Yes, I will do that. Th- thank you. Hide. 
So you hang up and warp you, I assume, go take some classes in self-defense. That's right. So go ahead and make a melee weapons roll. Okay. And you want to fail. Oh, good. (laughs) That... (laughs) <laughs> success of the four. Oh, damn it! <laughs> right in the old one. You you may add one point to your melee weapons skill. We, we suck at home scenes so we much. Like, why are we so bad at home? You like, put two of us in an underground secret bunker and we'll knock out four terrorists. You try to put us at home to do anything good. Yeah, yeah you enroll us in a taekwondo class is fucking over. <laughs> I will die. Samael. Oh, well, I have to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> Samael, what two personal pursuits would you like to pursue? Um, well, um, I think first thing when, when Samael gets home, um, he spends all the time that he can uh, at, at the church. I think his first priority is smoothing over his sudden disappearance after already being uh, slapped on the wrist for having left in a hurry. Yeah. Did you lose any of your bond with your church? No, that is the one that remains untouched. They happened to not notice that you were gone for an extended week. And I think that I think that makes sense because um, Samael isn't the um, he's not a uh, he's not like the main preacher. You know, he's not like the um, he's not the he's not the point man. He's he's just he's, he's a guy that just happens to work in the building. You did lose some bond with some other folks, though, did you? I did. Um, my strip club bond, held probably probably for the best, went to zero. Okay. Make a sanity check for me, as a bond has been reduced to zero. Uh, that is a fail with an 84. Okay, roll a d4. Four. All right, would you like to project that? Yes. Who are you going to project it onto? To my daughter. Does that bring her to zero? It will. First of all, let's just solve. What does it look like when the hive is lost to you? Um, I've already been punched in the face in my workplace. Um, I, I, I think that it's um, th- those were the only uh, non-work friends that Sam L had. And I think being cut off from it, it not only was it one of the, 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 the only friends he had outside of work, um, it was it was the only thing it was the only release that he had aside from keeping himself locked in his office uh, working 24 7 um, so I, I think it's just um, you know he doesn't talk to anybody for probably weeks um, it's probably just him he goes to his office for a while and he, he writes or you know does whatever it is he needs to do uh, maybe does some confessions um, but I, I, I think that it's just a um, gradual descent uh, into loneliness and, and increasing depression, which is then compensated for with, with alcohol and drug use. Now make a sanity test for the loss of your bond with your daughter. Fail with a 74. Whew. Roll a d4. You're going to lose that much sanity. Two. You can choose to project it if you like. I will eat it. What does it look like when you lose your connection with your daughter? <laughs> I guess it's kind of the same thing because he didn't have, um, it's not like he could speak to her with any regular, it was kind of these unsanctioned gorilla visits, um, that he was doing, um, but I think that as, as sad and as, as inappropriate as it was, I think he got a lot of comfort 
just from seeing her from a distance. And and I think that probably um, the adoption agency likely took some sort of action to compel him legally from from staying away. Uh, That's what I'm thinking of, is you probably get a letter in the mail saying if you ever come within, you know, a couple hundred feet, you will be prosecuted. So it's it's that's that's a nail in the coffin for sure. Around the same time that you're doing this, Mallory contacts you. Great. And she mentions Halo and she says, are you thinking of pursuing this? Do I um, do I have a choice? You can choose not to, but uh, Halo is a vector that I'm going to have to bring to the attention of the higher ups. We're going to have to look into it at some point. I'll do it. I can't say I'm not curious myself. Get close and just see what you can find out and get back to me. Samuel, how do you approach contacting and forming a relationship with Dr. Hooks? I believe, um, I believe she gave me her number. Yeah, um, I'll just, uh, I'll give her a call. Or, uh, I won't call her for right right away. I'll, I'll, I'll just send her a text and say, hey, I, uh, understand that things are, uh, challenging right now, but I could use some company. Would uh, I be able to take you up on on that offer? They respond politely with, yes, they'd enjoy catching up and seeing how you're doing. You probably meet in some kind of safe setting, whether it be uh, the park or something open. Probably, uh, yeah, there's there's a little, like, right down the, the street from my apartment, um, right next to the pier, there's a, there's a public park that I imagine would be safe. You meet with Dr. Hooks, and they are an eccentric, but friendly person. Eccentric in the way that any intelligent person who uh, does the things and works in the places that you all work in. She says, we're getting closer to synthesizing whatever this reverb is but we do still have samples. I'd love to do some tests with you and kind of get to better understand what you're capable of. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The first step is to meet and to discuss what you've been experiencing to kind of catalog everything as much as possible. Um, you, she offers to meet at her place or you could meet at your place. I want to know what her place looks like. (laughs) You go to her place. It is in New Jersey. It's a nice apartment there. Seems like a relatively normal place. She has her laptop out. And as you're kind of talking to her, she pours some wine and it's been quite friendly and even flirtatious. Uh, Yeah, which I will um, return. She eventually... um, steps away from her laptop and goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vorish sign. You perform the Vorish sign and your vision is able to see beyond the physical. And where the bedroom is, over the bed, there is this incredibly bright energy that seems to be emanating, almost like a pulsing heart or something, but it is so much energy and vitality and you were not expecting to see this. I'm going to ask that you make a sanity check. Uh, let's see, 45 out of 43 is a failure. You're going to lose one point of sanity and 
as you kind of stumble back and your head is reeling, you look up and Hooks is standing in the doorway and she says, is something wrong? Oh, um, ever since, um, it started happening, uh, I get, um, headaches sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, let's, let, let's write that down. And she goes back to her laptop. You notice, Samuel, that she is happily plying you with alcohol. And at a certain point, she says, do you smoke? And she holds up a J. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. She starts smoking with you. And she says, is there anything else that you do? Oh, I've been known to, to dabble in, in lots of things. Like Coke? If there's any around. Well, you're in luck, Father. There is some around. You don't gotta call me that. Unless you like it. What? No! <laughs> no! 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 Out of, out of, mind you, out of professional curiosity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she takes you to the bedroom and she lies you down on the bed. Oh, we should stop. Under the, under the thing that I saw. Where that thing was, yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, Got oh. <laughs> I knew that. Can I just, while, while um, I'm on my way, can I just kind of casually try to wave my hand through there and see if anything happens. I mean, she, you know, she playfully kind of pushes you onto the bed and you pass through what you believe is the space where this thing is. You don't feel anything. Nothing changes. Okay. I just wanted to val verify that. Dr. Hooks makes love to you. <laughs> and there is a point where she is riding on top of you. And I'm going to ask you to make a power times five roll. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye, Zakia. What's going on? Fifteen. That's a success. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this game, man. What a good game. <laughs> <laughs> the sex is so good that you pass out in the middle of it. <laughs> like my willpower, like my willpower drops to zero pass out? All you know is that you begin feeling dizzy <gasps> and you fall unconscious. No! And you have very strange dreams. You have dreams of floating in space. You have dreams of a black pyramid. And you have dreams of an entity writhing in the darkness, long and tentacled and impossibly shaped. But when you wake up the next day, you find yourself in a back alley in somewhere in New York. You look to your left and there's a homeless man next to you. And, the, and nowhere in sight is Dr. Hooks. Um, I, I stand up um, as if I've been in this situation before. Uh, nod at the homeless man, hand him a $10 bill, and try to find my way back home. Let's add, um, go ahead and roll a d4. You're, you're going to do that to reduce your sanity, but to increase your natural. Uh, four. All right, your unnatural is going to go up by four. And my sanity goes to 38. Your sanity goes to 38. Something you definitely come to understand is that hooks, there is something going on with hooks. Well... Yeah. 
<laughs> and I need you to roll a d4, and you will subtract that from one of your non-delta green bonds. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Three, and the only non-delta green bond I have left is the church. Oh. Uh, well, first of all, I will call Mallory, and because I know she's expecting it, um, and report. I'll, I'll leave out some of the more uh, illicit details, um, unless she specifically asks for them, uh, and and I'll just report everything I found, make make some notes, put it up on the server, uh, so it's there for everybody to see. I think that she will encourage you to continue. Yep. Remain in contact okay. with this person until something a little more conclusive is okay. is figured out. But you have made progress for sure. You have one more personal pursuit. And um, feeling extra weird after all of that. But also, you know, I mean, that was fun. Uh, I would um, like to stay on the case. And um, on a one week on a Monday morning uh, when the staff of the church is off. Um, I will get in my car and drive to Philadelphia. Hi, Sam. You said something about a USB drive. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I did. You haven't cracked the seal on it yet? Nope. I made a promise to not read them, so I'm honoring that. You made the promise not to look at it, but I didn't. Um, can I uh, just, I want to make reference that I would rather ha this would probably be taking place at our office, not at my personal residence, because I can at least lock my door and it's very secured in there. So, Samael, you meet up with Boomer, and which of the two messages are you going to read? The one from Pleasant or the one from Charlie? I'll um yeah I'll I'll, I'll look at the Mister the Mister Pleasant um, message first. So, Samael, you open the file. Uh, Boomer does need to take a minute to in to decrypt it as it is a kind of an unreadable file. But you eventually get a very basic text file, and I'm going to share it with you now, if you could do us a favor and read what that message says. Alphonse, I'm sure you know by now that your outlaws tried to steal the honeypot and woke up the hive. The only way to avoid a scorched earth policy is if you give me a name. He used the honey on Tanya. I'm sorry. Her source was smart enough to remain anonymous, but he's coming for you. He suspects someone from our side, but nothing less than a name will satisfy him. I'd recommend leaving the country, but I know you better than that. Pleasant. Boomer, does that make any sense to you at all? Wait, was there two? There was the response, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let's 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 look at that. Yeah, good. Why don't you pull that up? Go ahead and read it when you're ready. Pleasant. Tell Majestic that Acel unconditionally surrenders. The outlaws who attacked the facility do not represent the intentions of Delta Green. If he insists on retaliating, guide him to me. I've instructed my cells to continue operating. The greater mission stops for no one, regardless of war. If I've been bagged, tell Agent Bernard. He'll know what to do. Remind the director that he needs us that his bloated bureaucracy can't catch everything. Remind him I know what it's like at the top, the loneliness and isolation, it'll drive you mad. He needs allies to survive. You promised me at the start of all of this that you'd maintain a balance. Whatever it takes, I'll ask that you do it. Thanks for all that you've given, 
and all you are about to give. Signed, Alphonse. Boomer, that's not... That's not good news. That's not good news for you, buddy. Does this other group that you were talking about, do they even exist anymore? Agent Boomer, it just comes to you. You remember seeing a story on the news that in Delaware, there was a fatal shooting. Uh, Three federal agents were found dead. Their bodies were found in a storage container that seemed to have been cleared out. The media and local law enforcement described it as a drug deal gone bad, but you remember it reminded you of a green box, the, the whole storage container factor. Samael, now that she jogs your memory about this, you recall Dr. Hooks mentioning somewhat in passing that a March facility had been attacked. There was uh, an explosion and some materials were destroyed. It doesn't take long for you both to realize the connection. There's something happening, some kind of back and forth. Can you make any sense of why would these two organizations be fighting to begin with? It could be anything from just god dang greed and money to, I don't know, fuck around, fuck around and find out. It's, do you, have you been keeping touch with Merit, uh, had anybody security? I, I, I haven't talked to anybody. You recall from just reading these messages that Pleasant stated they, they tried to grab the honeypot and they woke up the hive. The honey took Tanya. You, Samael, you, you recall seeing Agent Nancy, who was presenting as Tanya. They're discussing the incident at Cicada. <sighs> Merritt and, and, and Tuck were, were there. Merritt and, Merritt and Tuck are, are the hornets in the Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. We gotta let them know. To let wash their ass even more, it's... Why? For all we know, Tuck and Tuck and Merritt are are. I'm not listen. I'm not going to tell you what the right side of this is, but for all we know, Merritt and Tuck are on the wrong side yeah, of it. You and I. This is not our. We're not espionage people. Like like, sh- what the hell are we going to do? Like I'm I'm stumping right now. I'm kind of panicking. I'm stumping. I no. I, I I understand. This is outside of our our wheelhouse. You know, I um, uh, I talked to talked to to to, to 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 Mallory the the other day. Oh, she came back. How was vacation? Do you remember um? Do you remember Hooks? Yes. Um. I talked to her. Really? Okay. Um, I, I did a little more than than talk. I mean, I can't pass judgment on you, but I have an opinion. Damn. Okay, go ahead. She's not. She's not right, Boomer. My my point is my my, my point is I, I I don't like this March technology shit. I don't want anything to do with that. I I, I agree, because it's like the, I don't even want to think what they wanted to capture her for. So I I I the I'm fact that it. that was. The fact that that was even considered is... So, I'm asking you, what are you and I going to do about that? I think we have to definitely watch each other's back a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like, do we keep alert and anything weird we let each other know secretly? God, I think that's all we can do for right now. Prepare to go back just in case if either one of us have to go, like, really last minute. You think I don't have that shit on standby all the so, time now? Freaking out. Yeah. You you know a guy, right? I know. You know a guy. Several guys. What you, what guy am I looking at? You you know a Tucker or Merritt type on the oh, other like, side. Oh, uh, like like oh the guy that uh, won't pick up my phone calls and all that 
I, they're kind of like, honestly, I feel like they're just not, they're, they'll approach when they approach type. But I will remember if they do approach for sure. Yeah, Be let me know. You might want to like carry something with you. <laughs> like what? I mean, maybe a pistol or a knife on you, Padre. I'm just... No, I'm not carrying a. I'm not carrying a gun. If if someone wants to shoot me, they're gonna shoot me. There's nothing I can do about that. Just, uh, fine. All right. Okay. Sure. I'll keep an eye out. I'll keep an eye out. Okay. I'll keep you on pepper speed spray. Dial. At least have pepper spray. Make me happy. I'll I'll carry some pepper. Samuel, spray. roll a d6 minus three, and that's how much sanity you gain from staying on the case. So I roll a three. Okay, so you do not regain any sanity over this. Yeah. Makes a little bit of sense. Boomer, what are the two personal pursuits that you'd like to try to pursue in your time off? I actually wanted to look up uh, Haley's little sister's disappearance. If you're going to do this, uh, sounds like you are staying on the case. Go ahead. I will. I'll, I'll make a rolls as per the rules. Uh, what is your criminology or occult? Okay, criminology is a 10 and occult is uh, a, a 30. Okay. You're not able to find anything substantial. What you do notice is that there are articles that exist that talk about legends of giant Native Americans that lived in and around the Yosemite area. There are mentions of giant skeletons. Those articles are then subsequently proved as false. Um, but I will share with you some articles that exist. But you do find some things that might be useful. Excellent. Okay. I would uh, put in, like, create a little encryption file, but also I would have printed out a document and, like, put it in, like, a binder. Okay, so that was one of your uh, pursuits. Go ahead and roll a d6 minus three. Uh, two. Oh, negative one. So you are going to lose one sanity as these articles that you're reading are frustrating. They're like, you know, it might as well be an article about Sasquatch. It's just so much strange information, legends, myths. You just don't really know if any of this is going to be useful to talk. Okay. What is your final personal pursuit? Is is it therapy if I want to like just like kind of spend time with my wife, even though to like kind of rebuild all that, or is that you can you can fulfill responsibilities? Uh yeah, fulfill responsibilities. Uh, get basically home and work balance back up to my standard. Go ahead and roll sanity test. Okay. And what is your what what bond is it that you want to increase? Forty nine. Okay. Uh, so. Let's do my sister, because she's at it. Okay, so you may roll a d6, and you can increase the bond by that much. A one, okay. What does it look like? Do you just kind of reach out to your sister a little bit more? Why does that bond get stronger? Oh, uh, I would say I, I would uh, show back up, because I kind of did kind of ghost out on my sister a little bit. The little bit of, like, uh, I'm sorry, Pack, for being a dick. Uh, go spend the week hang out anytime I can and then I uh, just say we would go to like an arcade where we would just kind of hang out and just kind of reconnect and catch up Boomer you are in your office one day and Dr. Thornbill along with two people in suits you've never seen before come into your main office and want to speak to you oh ah, come in I'll get them in waters whatnot. 
they they say no to the waters. But Thornbill gets right down to brass tacks. They've been using your encryption, your algorithm, and it works. It works better than they thought it could. And they want to offer you a $3.5 million contract to allow them to distribute this algorithm through March Technologies in the coming quarter, in the coming financial quarter, making you personally, professionally involved with the program. But it would be done through March, a legitimate company, and it would make you an overnight success. Oh. Oh, God, Boomer. Do you take the offer? Well, that is, I gotta say, that's a fantastic thing. But you gotta remember, I am one half. I have my uh, lovely partner in the next office that we just have to discuss and make sure, and, and obviously, of course, have lawyers go back and forth. It may take a minute, but I am definitely eager to see said agreement. They have a contract ready. They put it on the table and they say, please review it. And uh, we think it'll be a great move for you. Oh, it's definitely some kind of move for sure. Thank you. Agent Tuck, it's been about three months of hard work and miracles. You're feeling better. Every day you feel a little bit better. And then one day you are, it's a Saturday, you are lounging or doing something with Rue and your personal cell phone rings. Do I, do I know who it is? Uh, you can see that it's your father. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'll answer. Oh. Hi, Dad. You can tell it's your father, but he sounds like he's out of breath. Dad? He's struggling to get the words out, and eventually he mutters, Hey, Lee, I, I, I just got off the phone with the National Park Service. A ranger in Yosemite says they found her. They found Mia. What? Um. What do you? What do you like? They. they uh, what do you mean? They. They found her. They found her. 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 Her body. Or. No. They found her alive. They said she's alive. She's twenty. She's. She, uh, she's alive. said she's a child. They described her as six years old. No. Uh. Um. I. Are you sure? Are you sure they just didn't find someone that looked like her? That there wasn't a kid that went missing that looked like her, and they just got the the the, the wires crossed. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this again. I, I'm going to give you the information. You oh, call no, them and okay. you find out what they're talking about. Okay. I. I can't do this. Okay. Okay. Um. But let me know. Let me know what they say. Okay, yeah, I'll, um... Oh my god, Haley, what if it's her? I don't get your hopes up, Dad. It's been 29 years. Or not, it hasn't been 29 years, it's been 23 years. It's been 23 years, she would be 29. Um... We'll figure it out. It'll, um... You just, uh... Um... Just, I'll handle it. I'll handle it. It's okay. You hang up with your father. And with trembling hands, you dial the number that he gives you. I'm like fumbling for Rue's hand, and I'm just like clenching it. I haven't, I haven't explained anything to her. She has no idea what's going on, but I assume you just kind of power through this. Yeah, I've just like got her hand in one, and I pick up the phone and I call um, 
On the other line, it is the National Park Service, and eventually someone is gotten to you. They reach, they get the proper person on the phone who confirms who you are. They explain this morning, a park ranger named Tomika Gallegos was driving through a field of flowers. She saw a naked girl that she pulled, brought back to a station and questioned. The girl said that her name was Amelia Moore, that she was age six, and that she was looking for her parents. They gave the old address of where you used to live, which was eventually redirected to your father and now to you. They said that they have the child in custody and they would be willing to hand it over if you could show proof of identity. <laughs> She's currently in the Yosemite National Park. Oh my god, um, I, I say yes, I'll come get her, but as uh, the first flight out, I'm coming to get her. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep in touch with my, um, with my arrival. Uh, <clears throat> we'll be there, we'll be there shortly. You get off the phone, and Rue is desperate to know what's happening. <laughs> I think Tuck just, like, sits on the floor and just keeps saying, They found her. They found her. She's alive. They found her. And she's six. They found her. She's sick. I'm going to ask that you and Ruhi make sanity tests. Fucking shaking again. Fuck you. That's a 15. <laughs> she also succeeds with a 20... This is just unbelievable news, but you still can't fully accept it. Rue says immediately, let's go. Let's pack our bags and let's go get her. Okay. Um, um. What is it? Should you stay here? Are you kidding me? Baby, baby. I have to be with you. Honey, you could barely walk across the room. How, how are you going to do this on your own? <laughs> I, I can I can walk now and 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 the last time I was there that there was there was something something took us and and I don't want I don't want you near it I don't want anything to happen to you Haley don't make this about this fucking group you're with this is your sister we we have to see her we I have to go with you you cannot keep me out of this okay okay, okay. you you're gonna come with us and you're gonna stay with her. Anytime we have to go anywhere else, anytime we have to go anywhere else that's with the people, I'm calling them too. I have to call them in on this because they know I have to call them in on this. You have to understand this is, this is impossible. This shouldn't be happening and they have to know I, I need them. I, I understand. I understand. Okay. And we're there. Tuck, what do you do? I, I call, I call, I think I call Merit first. Merit, you call Hyde, Warp, Samael, Boomer. Each of you get the call from Tuck. She needs your help, and she needs you to meet her in California as soon as possible. And I think that's where we can bring <laughs> this arc of Doom to Repeat to a close. Hey. Hey. Allegra, it's okay. Cry. cry, cry. Allegra, it's okay. Go, no, go no, ahead and cry. Go ahead and cry. Said, it's okay. Go ahead. Like you it's okay. said, it's your sister. They found her, <laughs> and my whole body went, and like I felt everything, like, and then you said she's six, and it did it again, and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, thank you once again for listening to Doomed to Repeat. To our patrons, our eternal thanks for helping keep our little show going. Though this is the closing of another chapter for Doom to Repeat, it doesn't have to be the end. If you've enjoyed the show, consider supporting us on Patreon, and make sure to get the word out about us. 
tell your friends and fans of actual plays or TTRPGs in general or Delta Green. The more eyes and the more interest we can generate about Doom to Repeat, the more of it we can create. Thanks again. Until next time, stay safe. It's June 7th, the Sunday after the events that transpired in Lansing, Michigan. In a nondescript office building in Reston, Virginia, five individuals meet in a boardroom. One of them is the director of the program. He sits at the head of the table and listens quietly as his team conducts their business. The director of operations, a slumping, overweight man in an ill-fitting conservative gray suit, speaks up first. Mallory called me last night. Lansing is secure. Well, secure enough. One of the agents is on death's door, shot in the chest. Mallory warned another two might get into some legal trouble over their weapons, but it's done. They did fail to handle that leaked footage, though. The deputy director of security, a wiry, scarecrow of a man with thinning gray hair, chimes in. I've already got a disinformation team handling it. Operations continues. Still, this kind of exposure is dangerous. I've said it before, we need to have agents better prepared for these modern operas. The director of intelligence, a fit man in his late 60s, dressed like an admiral, interrupts. They did what they could. I mean, what did we expect? They were a research team who were tasked with cleaning up an unexpected mess. We shouldn't be surprised they didn't go as planned. My real concern is that they haven't found the Freist transcripts yet. That was one of the primary objectives. If most of them are still operational, I say we keep them on the hunt. Operations adjusts his tie. A smaller team can handle that. Perennials showed promise, but the smaller cells are always more efficient. I'm gonna split them up and just cut our losses. The director of intelligence changes the subject. I wanted to discuss the software one of them developed, uh, Maxine Parker. We've put it through its paces, and I wanna move to secure it. A small woman, with short, coal-black hair, sits at the opposite end of the table behind her laptop. She is of Filipina descent, and the others know her as the Director of Logistics. I've run the numbers, and I think there's room enough in the budget to make her a competitive offer, but someone else has to make contact. Have Tafim do it. He's not answering his phone. Says he's working on something important and shouldn't be disturbed. Fine, send Thornbill, but check up on him. I don't trust Tafim alone anymore. There's still the issue with Cicada and the outlaws. Have we decided how to respond? No one answers this question. They all know the only person eligible has been sitting in silence. The director leans forward. We cut the head off the snake. Bring in any stragglers out from the cold, otherwise they get the same treatment. We know where to find him, but Alphonse isn't going out without a fight, especially if he's on home turf. Then we lure him out. This was a loose end I should have taken care of years ago. Silence in the boardroom. Then, Operations says, Anything else? Very well. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time. And the members of the DO clear out of the boardroom, leaving the director alone. 
That's when his cell phone buzzes from the pocket of his black fatigues. He pulls it out, and the cell phone reads, Oaks. He answers without saying a word. On the other end, Oaks says, Hey, I need to meet with you. The asset has been talking. Said some things you might want to hear for yourself. When can we meet? (sighs) The director sighs, runs his thumb along an old facial scar. Now's not a good time, but soon. He hangs up and exits the room. <laughs>